And we're back. And we're back. Do we yeah. Sans, sans uh, intro music this time. But welcome back to Craftsman Cooking. We're sitting around the table, and uh, we've had a one of those great conversations, which which is really what led us to this show um, two, two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the phenomenal back and forth that, that Derek and I would have when we were planning on cooking something. But then... In coming up with what the meat and bones of the show would be outside of whatever dish we made and what we'd want to make next. You like that little pun? Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and then he hit it again. That little pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, it was, you know, those conversations you have at yeah. the dinner table well, this is with real. great friends and family after you eat. Yeah. This is the stuff that it's, you know, I have, I have a huge problem with Facebook and shit like that, you know, but I'm addicted to the fucking thing, so I'm always going to go on it. But you only see the 1% of people's lives as good. You don't see... Well, yeah. That. I mean, they're going to put their best foot forward no matter what. Exactly. So, and it's it's hard for people to live in 1%. Yeah. It's not a very good world to be in. Yeah. So, if you don't have that negative, you can't enjoy the sweet without the bitter, yada, yada, yada. But we sit in this position where this is a genuine conversation. This is how friends really interact and they have this life. And especially friends that have been friends for over 20 years, we have this history, this camaraderie. And, you know, it, at some point in your life, you never really knew that this friendship was that. Like, you'd you had to, because we only, we hung out in these weird intervals of downtown or in another social gathering or something like that. And you never really understood that, like, fuck, I really do have somebody here that I relate yeah. to that I love. Well, we were at work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was behind the bar, you were behind the bar. Yeah, sometimes it was the same bar sometimes yeah. it was bars you know a couple blocks from each other Josh was you know on the stage so you know you get to hang out before yeah. the show after the show yeah. but you're getting this like single serving of somebody yeah. you're not yeah. getting the real aspect and it wasn't until years later that we all you know hung out more and you saw that other side but I think you know you said it one time you're like you know you never really I thought these people were my friends and we're like no they're more of an acquaintance of like this is friendship yeah. where I can sit here and I can tell you the worst of me <clears throat> and you'll come back next weekend. Yeah. And <clears throat> you have, you have enough trust yeah. to allow yourself to be vulnerable. It's a hard thing. Well, there's also a real, there's a real disconnect of not a disconnect, but there's a real, there's a, I feel like there's a lack of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Like between yeah. people, because of the explosion of communication and social media and texting yeah. and emailing and all, all these kinds of things. Um, it's the art of uh, just sitting down and being able to talk mm -hmm. with one another, yeah. you know, and say, hey, man, I'm, you know, this is this, this is why or I feel this way. And this is why. Yeah. Um, and knowing that you're sitting with people that aren't that don't that aren't going to judge it sounds it sounds like such a buzzword that aren't going to judge you right what is the, um, it's the most but it's true but it's, like, but it's there the are truth. so many people that will absolutely there are people that will judge you too because you have tattoos on your arm yeah I'm not going to sit down and, and have dinner with him and he's not going to have anything valuable to tell me right I mean they're not smart. They're not educated. They're yeah. long-haired hippies with yeah. fucking tattoos. And maybe I have made some bad decisions with my tattoo choices. Well, yeah, I've definitely got some <laughs> shite on my body that I'm not <laughs> proud of. But, you know, fuck it, it's there. I paid for it. I yeah. It. I mean, but it's all, I guess, 
But some, but anybody that's made bad choices always has better stories than somebody that's made the, the all the right choices, the quote unquote Got right it. choice every time. Pull up a chair. Yeah, you know what I mean. You want a good story that's going to draw you in. Yeah, I just don't let my wife tell it. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, if you want the best rendition of it, tell it to Buzz. Let Buzz tell it. God damn! I want to do. <laughs> I really, I want to do a stand up with him. I want oh to sit gosh. on the stage and make him tell stories. Yeah. But it's it's but this is also what people don't realize is this this is cathartic yeah. and it may not be in the sense that you think it is but at the end of the day when we both when we all leave here it it may not dawn on us that like oh my god that was great but I definitely will walk around a little lighter yeah after these yeah. moments well yeah I mean because of smartphones and social media you have interactions with people right all day long all week long but. You don't get that communication, yeah. you know, where it's back and forth and somebody is listening to you. That's it. Not just hearing you. They're, yeah. they're listening. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people aren't listening, especially, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of times people are just waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah. Um, you can't hear Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, yeah, I, yeah. Find down on you what that's wrong. That's good. Okay. I have no qualms admitting on this platform that, you know, I'm a, I'm an addict and I'm addicted to everything that feels good. Like everything that feels good, I get addicted to it. I'm even right there, but I'm also addicted to things that don't make me feel I'm good. Even, look, I'm even addicted to stuff that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Um, I'm addicted to, uh, sometimes I'm addicted to trouble and, and awesome. drama and strife and drama. stuff like that because I don't know why, because I am. Because um, it's intriguing. Because it, it clicks something in our brain that makes us want. It's like a fucking murder mystery. There's a dopamine dump. Yeah. yeah. For, 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 dump that, like, the, the, the adrenaline rush, the yeah. something that, that yeah. can feed your brain dopamine, and then you're like, give me more of that. Or it's the fact that there will be. Like, it's 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 maybe it's, it's, maybe it's setting the, the stage. Well, it's setting the stage for one. Like, uh, you know, like breakups, uh, makeup sex. Mm. Right. It's like you have that fight, but then the sex is good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I don't I, I don't know what that's like, because usually when we're fighting, we just stay fighting. And, uh, <laughs> if we ever do. Well, make, I won't put this out right now. I've never had makeup sex. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know who the fuck it is. Yeah, I don't know. Sex who's, is good. Yeah, sex is good regardless. I don't know how makeup sex is any better, but if I get in a fight. That motherfucker got some longevity, but I but I know that I have a. I typically don't want to talk to that person. I know that I have a tendency to subconsciously put things in play, so I can get some some kind of an outcome. Oh yeah, you would definitely like like tweak the environment, the moment to make that outcome what we want it to be. Right, I'm very manipulative. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, asshole. Um. I was doing the best I could. But listen, to avoid I, that fucking word. I said all that to say this. Uh, <laughs> to that story, tell you the story. <laughs> what What has helped me is in my quest for you know, I wouldn't say like sobriety is like as far as like you know twelve steps and twelve traditions and and all this stuff that work great for a lot of people. Yeah, but it's. My, my quest for sobriety and my quest for just being a better person and <laughs> not being addicted and afflicted with these things, um, it helps me by going to meetings and 
sitting here right now with just two friends, one that's you know, not addicted, or well, maybe addicted to uh, other things. Other, I don't, I don't, I don't, other, you know, I, things. I have I have the same addictive personality that you guys have. Right. I just I got lucky that alcohol and drugs weren't two right. of the things I got addicted to. But right now, we are doing. You missed out. We are doing <laughs> almost exactly what we do in a in an AA meeting. In yes. A, in a NA meeting. In a CA meeting, we are sitting here and we're talking about things that we think and people are offering solutions or ways to think differently and letting you know that you're not alone. Yeah. There's strength in numbers and that there are people that care about you yeah. and that you're not the biggest thing. Yeah. That's and I think a lot of it too, just letting you talk. Yeah, just let, let sometimes let you just gotta stuff you off. just gotta work through it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's well, amazing how, time, how many times you can come up with your own answer just by verbalizing it. Yeah, you sit there and internalize it. You're, it's just it, you're. I know what's in here. I live in here every day, and if I keep that shit just bouncing around in here, yeah. it's gonna turn into this dark, morbid thing. Yeah. But if I get it out, then your light, your light mm-hmm. shines on it, and I'm like. Ooh, okay. There's the demon in that whole fucking situation. Yeah. So now I can get that out of the way. Yeah. And on, honestly, stuff like that, addictions, addictions, they thrive oh. in the darkness. They thrive okay, in yeah, in secret, right? They that, thrive. They well, thrive. That's their whole purpose. And I'll tell you where they die. They die in the light of exposure. Yeah. Like as soon as you call yourself on it, as soon as you say, "Hey, man." I was really thinking about, look, look, I got this big liter, two liter of water. Oh, that's not it. But I got this big liter of water on the way over here. And I was actually nervous when I was in the gas station. And I was like, nobody's here to watch me. Nobody would know if I got, you know. Uh, nobody's going to call me on nobody's it. Nobody's going to call me on it. Nobody's yeah. here to check me. And uh, oh, where where was I going with that? I I have no idea, but, um, I'd made it, I made it over here and I thought about it. I thought, you know, I got Derek, I got Ren, I got bacon, I got my wife at home and yeah, we, I have those thoughts and it's okay. That's where I was going with it. As soon as I came over here, I talked about it. Mm -hmm. I talked about it and I shined a light on it and the thing retreated. Yeah. Like as soon as I shined a light on that on that little secret thing that I had in my head about like oh no I could get away with this or nobody would ever know, it dies a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it loses its power. It that loses, monkey doesn't have quite such a grip on your back. Right. Just just by just by telling on it. Yeah. You know. And see, I'm a fop. <laughs> I, you know, I will tell on myself. I will not tell on anybody in the world. I am not one. I do not. But my ass, if I do something, <laughs> I love to tell it. I don't know what the fucking problem is, but <clears throat> I had a real bad problem when I was a kid. I lied about every fucking thing. You know, I grew up in this really terrible situations when I was a kid, and so I just. I made up these different scenarios and yeah. like this, this is it. And so it just perpetually led to me just being a fucking massive liar. And then I like, had like 20, I saw how it affected like the ones I cared about just 
you know, no one trusted me and shit like that. So this being the addictive person that I am, it completely flipped to now it's just brutal, straightforward, and I, I don't hold nothing back. But it's also a defense mechanism for me because if you really if you really are close to me, I'm not that bra- brass and no. you know, aggressive towards you. But also you you'll understand me enough to know that a lot of it is just fucking humor and it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. But oh shit. <laughs> you can take this motherfucker <laughs> the shit. <laughs> it's not bad. Look, i look, sometimes you just get to talking and that's when stuff comes out. You know, they say whenever you start writing, just start writing words on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to have a title. Yeah. Just let it come. Let it flow. Let it out, man. Let it out. Well yeah, and when you're younger too, like you're you're so worried about what other people think about you. Yeah. And you know, how are my friends are gonna judge me? Am I am I cool? Is this cool? Is it a cool shirt? Am I am I standing cool? Am I walking oh, yeah. cool? That's what is was. this is this yeah. cool? And then, you know, you, you, you start realizing like as your circle well, your inner circle grows smaller because when you're younger, it's like everybody's almost in the same circle. Right. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a few that are in the inner circle, but for the most part, it's just big circle. Right. And then as you start to get older, you realize like, yeah, these people are still friends. Like, I don't dislike them, but Not they, they, they really want me around when when I'm drinking, when I'm. When I want to smoke, when I want to do this, when I want to do that, if I'm if I'm playing sports, if I'm you know whatever right, it is. Right, right. Whereas there are those people that like, hey, I'm having a bad day. What yeah. are you doing? Um, I don't know. Where are you at? I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, and you know that you know you're lucky if you have a handful of those. Right. You know, I mean, she, oh, you're yeah. probably lucky if you have one of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you I'm get more than lucky. if you get more than one of those, you're like you're blessed. Yeah. Um, we are. We are truly blessed with our group. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 and you realize like it doesn't like being cool doesn't matter. Well, I think you know that is like, the just be yourself. The being cool is being able to confront your own demons yeah. and address the situation. Yeah. Being cool isn't about having a fucking cool ass car and you know all these things that are just materialistic bullshit. But knowing yourself and being at peace with yourself, that's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, your definition of cool changes. Absolutely. It does. It as, does. Absolutely. As, as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, I thought green hair was cool. You know, and maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe Somewhere. it was. Maybe yeah. it was the coolest shit <laughs> ever yeah, that yeah. I could have ever done at that particular moment. Yeah. Hell, I fucking bandana it for what fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've wore band- jeans and bandanas. I yeah. also wore a bandana yeah. for. I think we're the only two. I think bikers I was not in a biker band. <laughs> I think I was at Guitar Center one time, standing outside smoking cigarettes. Because when back when Guitar Center first opened up and it was cool, it was fucking mall rat. But it was cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. were we just talking about this? Was when it, it was cool it was kind of cool yeah. it was kind of cool when it first opened up they had a really good so it was a dollar movie theater they had a really good they had a really good team in there like it was it was it wasn't run so oh, no, that it, was corporate it was fun when, when Sam but Sam and Nice and I'm trying to think of who else were, fucking um I'm trying to think of who else there, was, uh, was there. Tim was in there yeah. uh uh, there, there was, was people that were knowledgeable about fucking music. Yeah, and could play yeah. what was hanging on the fucking walls. Yeah. And okay, so they could help answer questions, right? And could make you laugh. Yeah, uh, I know Miss Juanita. I don't. I don't know who she heard this story from, but this should be good. We right. so she was using it in a 
in one of her stand-ups. And I actually, okay, so I'm, this is how it went down. Uh, there was a long line at the accessories department. Okay. And there was a guy, and I think his, I think his name was John. I like John. And John. John. And he had, you know, he was just like your, your, the epitome of like your stoner rocker, like, mm. don't give a shit kind of guy. Nirvana. And he was, yeah, Nirvana, right? Like greasy, like, oh, you know, ch- chin length hair and nose ring and uh, just didn't, just didn't give a fuck. And so he's working accessories. There's a line of people and this guy comes up with i think he had like a like a book or something like a guitar tab book and he skips everybody and he puts it on the table and john says i'm sorry sir but you you gotta wait in the line like everybody else like very chill yeah kind of way and the guy says i'm in a hurry and he says yeah but um he got away in the line and the guy the guy says do you know who I am and John says no <laughs> and he pick, he picks up the intercom the inter, the the phone and without missing a beat he says good afternoon guitar center i need a am or higher to accessories I have a customer who doesn't know who he is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. So, oh my God. And when I say, when I say that was when Guitar Center was cool, yeah. that was when it was yeah, cool. fucking cool. So, that is not where I thought that story was going no, at all. No fucking clue. So, and just... <laughs> And just he's cool. cool he doesn't as know who he is. Just, Where's John? And, and this at? is black. This is this is over the whole the whole <laughs> PA. Like yeah. this is in all the departments. Yeah. So everybody starts laughing. This guy gets pissed. He goes to a man. The you know. The, I I think I think Matt Neese was part of the store then. Know who he is. <laughs> they took they took him to the back, slapped him on the wrist, and gave him high fives. <laughs> like yeah. uh, it was it was. It was a good time to be a guitar yes. center. That's fucking amazing. That's yeah. awesome. That's some that But I, I said all that to say we were in the bandana crew. Yeah, buddy. And somebody Bless. had somebody had given me like a cross look or something while we were standing outside. And I, I looked at Matt and, and I was like, you know, like, what does he think he's going to do? And Matt says, does he know that you wear a bandana every day? Yeah! <laughs> 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 uh, just dumb stuff like that. And oh, here, here it is. That was probably in 2008. Oh, God. 2008, wow. 2009. I remember yeah. we were in Graham one night and Les come in and he had his bandana on and then he's just sitting there and we're sitting there and he goes, Shit, I forgot. Oh my god. He goes, please don't be mad. Just hear me out. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? All right, he goes, do you mind if I continue the bandana thing? I was like, <laughs> like it was, like it was yours. You me? He goes, well, I mean, you know, come on. You started it. Like, no, I just, I was wearing them. Yeah. I was like, Wes. He goes, just saying. 
<laughs> but he just was. He just, just no, no emotion whatsoever. Like, and like even looking back, and I'm like, was he for real? Uh, or was he fucking with me? Like, I could not read that situation very well. Which is like, do you mind if I just keep rocking him? I'm like. Uh, I think everybody was rocking a bandana in the, everybody had in the mid-2000s. I tried, but my head's so big, they didn't fit right. Dude, Look, I got a little, little bitty too. tiny well, knot in the back. It was a knot. Holding on for dear actually, life. But then they would stay. Look at they collect shit. Like, yeah. we just throw shit in them when they walk Oh, by. look at this. Yeah. If so you, I, I won't say I never tried. But I just knew it wasn't for me. If you're looking for a life hack, I got tired. I wore bandanas so much that I was tired of buying bandanas and I got tired of all the designs and I just wanted one color. So I would go out and I would buy a 400 thread count black sheet. And <laughs> cut I, it up? And I would cut it up. <laughs> I would cut it up into squares and I would I would get myself 30 bandanas for about six bucks. Uh, yes. Which is cheaper. It is. Yeah. They also changed them and they went from being 100% fucking cotton to this nylon and cotton shit so they didn't absorb the sweat. Yeah. The shit just ran down thicker now. Mm, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Damn, bandana struggles. Uh, like I said, I tried, but it it just was not for me. I wore them at work. Back what then, was... I would back then I would go down down the street to uh, Naaman's and uh, David would give me a discount on Kangol hats. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah. So I would, I would wear the, I would wear the, I'd rock the Kangols you forward. Did. I didn't turn them around. I'd rock them forward. Yeah. And the armbands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. wore the armbands and the cuffs. Yeah. 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 Mine was the leather cuff. I did. I did have the leather cuff. Yep. And then I'd have a I'd have a, a sweatband up by the elbow. Yep. And it was to tuck the bar tool in. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Months in my back pocket, and yeah. the, and not to mention like the the liquor promos were just giving those things away oh, yeah. like Smarties. Yeah, I'd have you know Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jaeger, 18, eighteen Jaeger Meister ones and Miller Lite ones, and I swear at one point all I had was like Jaeger, De Kuiper, fucking um, Absolute, uh, Pinnacle, and who's the there was a. One other one. We had a ton of Jim Beam stuff. Jim Beam. Fucking t-shirt. Yeah, Jim Beam. T-shirts. Yeah. That's it. I didn't have any other fucking apparel. I looked like a goddamn billboard everywhere I went. Yeah. It was for a liquor brand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then then you get out of it and you're like, what am I going to do with these? (laughs) Throw them away. No, I got frustrated with them one time and just bagged them. I've got seven of the same shirt. <laughs> seven of them. Hey, look. And I've they got... weren't from the same. It wasn't like I got them all from the same promo. I've got six of these because we actually hosted the Alabama Coastal Cleanup. and That's awesome. Uh, and we gave away T-shirts to everybody that, you know, picked up trash. And then my boss was over. like, hey, go take these T-shirts back. And I was like, I'm going to get all the ones that fit me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing that. All those fucking liquor shirts will never fit me ever again. <laughs> do you still have them? No, no, no. They make good rags. Yeah, they do. They yeah, make good rags. But those were all largest. But it was also, it was also like I didn't mind wearing it behind the bar because if they oh, got God. something spilled on them, right? I was like, I don't care. They'll give me another one tomorrow. I was gonna cut the sleeves out of whatever I had on anyway. Exactly. So goes. Exactly. Uh. It's crazy. The shit that I remember. I bought a. $400 pair of fucking jeans and wore them downtown and I was off and then got roped into bartending and I'm sitting there bartending bullshit and Greg fells on us. That's a grand central. I, I had ended up working the front bar 
And Greg said, I really love your jeans. I was like, man, thank you. I just bought these motherfuckers. And I turned around and them bitches got caught in the cooler and it ripped the whole fucking pocket out the ass of them. And I was like, and this was back when Derek just wore baby powder and hope. And Oh no, Derek. Yeah, but Oh uh, no. So Greg Powell's was staring at booty crack. <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn, Derek. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. You got to yeah. mm You can't be... You can't, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can. You've changed your ways, though, now, have you? I have. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah you got to have a little... Yeah, I don't buy foreign allergy anymore. It's like two two totally different feelings. Like when an old girl says, I'm not wearing any underwear. It's like, ooh. When a guy says, I'm not wearing any more. So <laughs> when your 42-year-old buddy's like, just baby powder in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a very different mental image. You got a lot of trust in yourself, I, I don't you? I don't like it when a woman tells me she ain't no panties on. I'm like, I know what happens when I ain't got none on. Well, and we also live in the very, very humid you know, nearly tropical south. Yeah. Oh, it is tropical. It's yeah. definitely tropical. You know, it's like, come on, man. Cat up. <laughs> I work outside. And, uh, you, gotta, you gotta have some drawers yeah. on, man. But yeah. no, I, I've, I've got the monthly subscription to Shiniest or whatever they're fucking called now. Shinesty? Shinesty? Shinesty. What is that? It's a, it's a brand. Dude, these things are amazing. It's, the one, it's, it's, it's some of the ones that have the... Uh, are you about to show me your own? That underwear? have the... Uh, we'll show you they have the, okay. the, the, the built-in hammock. Oh yeah! Oh right, these have the built-in network, yeah. right? Yeah, for support. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, they're they're. I don't wear the same brand he does, but yeah. uh, I have some. You do I, appreciate the hammock. Do I have some on? Yeah, I do have some on the banana hammock. Yeah, it's it's uh, a well, no, not 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 for the banana for the uh, coconuts. Oh, the coconut. Yeah, this company sends you different versions every time. So, like, <laughs> bald eagle when you snatch. <laughs> A, That's a bald eagle. Yeah, it is. A bald eagle for your bald eagle. Little, little pouch. Just a little sack. Very, it's very comfortable. I don't know how I'd feel about well, that. Look, no. I got the bandana version. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to look closer. <laughs> They're nuts. Oh, they are They're nuts. testicles. They are. And penis is spitting shit. Oh, that's Everyone too much. Is, are they really? Yeah. Yeah. That's not Paisley. That's not Paisley. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They are right there. There it is. And it's shooting something. It's spit. Oh, my gosh. I got, I got like a taco truck one. <laughs> the Halloween one. Did you think the podcast was going to go this route tonight? I mean, hey, look, I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for whichever way it goes. <laughs> oh. I mean, we've gotten really deep talking about a bunch of stuff before we started recording underwear. And now we're talking about underwear. What? Where are we? Where are we? (laughs) Well, I know one of the things we talked about was, you know, so one of the deeper parts, you know, we we lost a very good friend of ours right before COVID hit. Um, uh, PTSD got the best of him. And, um, you know, we started, you know, trying to do these monthly dinners where we would all get together. and, And the hope was to, to stop that interaction where you run into a friend that you haven't seen in a couple of years. And both of you are very sincere and honest. We've got to get together. We've got to get together. We've got to get together. And you mean it, but but life gets in the way and kids and, you know, when, when you don't have that convenience of being around each other, like when we were younger and, you know, we were bartending and they were playing music and, it was easy. you know, and you saw each other pretty regularly, you either throughout the week or on the weekends, 
um, because of what we were doing to survive. It's a whole lot easier to go um, eat breakfast with somebody when you are both leaving the bar. Exactly. <laughs> but just trying to trying to make sure that we're still in each other's lives and there for each other and, and being that that support system that we all need. You well, know, I don't want to look back on my life and, you know, I have these stories, you know, Ren, Ren didn't grow up here. She wasn't a part of all this. So she doesn't, you know, and she gets to hear it because she's, you know, she became friends with a lot of the people mm-hmm. even before me and her got together. She was friends with like Amanda Hamner and stuff like that. So she's getting to hear all these stories of our tenure in this, this field that we, I mean, I loved it, but, um, I don't want to look back and go, or Pepper or Ren go, hey, well, where where is that Josh guy? I don't fucking know. Because I didn't continue this friendship that I knew I held dear because it made me feel good when I thought about, like, yeah, Josh is my friend. Not when I said, oh, yeah, yeah, Josh Ewing's my friend because he's a musician. It was because I internally go, that's my buddy, man. Yeah. That's my people. A bacon, that's my people. You were excited when... You were working with that person, or, yeah, or that band was yeah. playing, and it was the thought of it, not me bragging about it to somebody. Yeah. It was the and that's when I knew, right? Because who cares, right? Because right? who honestly cares? I was talking to Matt Nisi the other day, uh, and he said, you know, he's he and I gigged a lot, yeah, um, yeah. right, kind of right before I decided to uh, lay it down, um. And he he stopped gigging for a little while, and he stopped drinking, and COVID hit, and um, after COVID hit, um, and he he got his health back, um, he started working back at Guitar Center, and he said, you know, it is amazing how quickly you become obsolete in the music community. Yeah. Any community. And and I would Im- and I would imagine that it goes for any for any kind of community. It is it's a it's a fast paced well, I mean, life as a, as a chef. And there's always up and comings. There's always up and yeah. comings. So you know we're so I, I felt like I was so um, uh, what's the word? I, I just had these side blinders on that. Oh, we were assholes. Yeah, we were assholes. I mean, and maybe I wasn't. I don't think I was like outright, you know, cocky or conceited, but in my own quest, I just wanted to be the best there ever was. And it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Because there's there's another guy that's, you know, up and uh, ready to take your place. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm, and I'm happy for it. Honestly, you know, I've had offers. I've had offers to go back and play, and it's like, do they really want me? Do do they really? Do they really want like Josh Ewing the person, or do they want Josh Ewing the entertainer? And that was something that I was I was good at doing. I was very good at doing. I was very good at you know, if if you had a crowd in, if you had a crowd in a bar, I had no problem keeping them there and adding to it. I wasn't. I wasn't the best at like pulling people out, mm-hmm. you know. I this I had I had my times. You, you did. You were always a draw, but not trying to I, I, right. I, I, I get stroking shit. Yeah, I'm just telling you, like because I was 
it, but because I was good at what I did, I was good at being an entertainer. I was good at facilitating the party, you okay. know, keep keeping it going. Yeah. And and that was that was fun. But how quickly you become obsolete. Matt was saying, oh, yeah, man, I play with Josh Ewing. These kids at Guitar Center. It's, yeah. only, it's only been four years, yeah. you know, since I really stopped gigging yeah. for yeah. three, three or four years since I played my last gig. Who? Yeah. yeah. I've been out of the restaurant for <laughs> five years. Yeah. And there's, I tell you what, there's a piece with that for me for some reason. Uh I don't have to hold the standard anymore. I think at some point, at first it hurts a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it fucking kicked me. At first it hurts a little bit. Um, No doubt. But then it's like, whoa, I can, I can show up somewhere and not feel like I'm on the clock. Right. Right. That's how it is for me. Is it, is it similar for it you? Is, it is. Um, when I, you know, I went to Bluegill a couple of weekends ago with uh, some of my extended family and my wife. And I, for those of you who don't know, Bluegill is a, it's at one point, it was kind of a premier place for musicians Sunday. to play. Yeah, um, the GM there was a dick, though. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Big dork. Okay, so, huge dork. So, ba- so bacon. So bacon was the GM. All right. So maybe I had a, <laughs> maybe I had an inside scoop on how to get these gigs. But um, at one point, it was. I mean, it was the place to go. Sunday fun day was happening at the Blue Deal, and it's. I mean, here we got nine months of good weather, and and they had and they had. Music almost every night of the week. I think it was t- Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah, we were closed on Mondays. Closed on Monday. Um, yeah, it was, there was music. There was some some form of music, be it a single or a duo. And then typically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, some version of a band. Sometimes a three piece, where right. it was it could be three guitars, but typically it was some version of a band. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and that was where and people went there. Yeah, okay. people went there to get a dose of music, and they knew that they were going to get good. Oh, music I remember arguing it with people above me when I worked there. People don't come here for the music. No, this is this is what food. kept it open for a long time before we bought it. Was, yeah, was the fact that they had music back with Harry Harry Johnson. Yeah. Oh, it was just Sunday though. Yeah. yeah, that was the only day he made money, yeah. and he made enough to keep that motherfucker open. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one thing I fought for. Is like we've got like this place is no. I mean, Elvis used to come through there. Yeah, like and they and they honored him and and you know with the booth and the cutouts and the 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 newspaper clippings and stuff. Like no, this place is known. It's it's a music mecca. Yeah, I mean, it, like it was it was one of those places yeah. in Mobile. If you knew about music. You know, and, and I fought for it to be good music, not just to be, not just to, for it to be, <clears throat> and I don't want this to sound bad because there's yeah. people that make great money, just bar music. Right, right, right. Where there's somebody with a guitar and a microphone yeah. playing. Right. It's like, I was, I guess, you know, I pushed, Bobby was the guy booking music for me and I pushed him. I was like, no, like we want, we want good musicians. He's incredible. You know, ideally, ideally ones that, that write their own music that where we can, you know, because I remember being downtown and like, you well, know, because you it had to be covers. Well, you understood that the, mus- that the musicians that were playing music in this town, this town being a port city, we have visitors from all over and we have people that go into bars that are unfamiliar with the bar. So having music that they know, cover music, is a familiarity, which mm-hmm. gets people talking. It gets mm-hmm. the juices flowing. Yeah. Um, 
there's not a there's not a huge market in this area for original music but you understood and you had a close enough relationship with the musicians in this town to know that in order to keep us happy we had to have a place that we could also express ourselves uh, artistically you know it's it's what i mean it's not it's not easy it's not easy to write music and play music and record music but it is equally as difficult to learn how to play like 75 different artists and to sell those songs Mm -hmm. as your own yeah Um, it's insane i don't know how you do that what's wild is like there are versions of songs that i remember there, there were ones you did there were ones less would do eric um the versions of songs dale would do and like i hear the original on the radio and i'm like they're doing it wrong yeah because they're not doing it like you guys did it there's some there's and i was some so i was so used to the way like you preferred. would you would go from chorus to to in it and i'm like they, they didn't do it right like yeah or you know i would I mean? leave something out or i would add something yeah. in or i got so pissed the other day um there's a video of post malone and he's doing i want to say it's a shine down song or something like that he's like yeah my brother and he makes me like, and as soon as he fucking strummed that chord and hit that first note i was like this motherfucker's a wish josh for uh josh Ewing. this motherfucker got ordered from china She's cool. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But it pisses me off that I, I'm literally sitting at a table with somebody who was far more talented and a better singer. Yeah. And he never got the breaks that he yeah. deserved. If, if one of y'all could have made it and out, there was a gateway that would have opened up. And a lot of times I feel that, you know, the reason, the reason I didn't make it out was because, well, I got into that. I, I got into the rut. I got into the rut of this town being the port city and the places that play, the places that pay are places where you have to play predominantly cover music. Cover music. And I'm talking like 80, yeah. 20. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And 80, 20 is even 80, 20 is kind of pushing it in some of these oh, places. Yeah. Depends on where you're playing. Yeah. Depends on where you're playing. Yeah. About 20% is probably really early before it gets busy. And then really late once the bump and that, the tw- that 20% better be just catchy enough uh-huh. to where they might think it's a song they don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, play by it, by it, by an already established artist. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of how I started writing music. Like I started writing music in the sense of like, sense, will this be catchy enough to where I can play it yeah. while I'm making money? I, because wow. career. I mean, dude, I cannot fault those guys. I don't know why. I never this. thought about it like that. Yeah, it's got to be. Well, and maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't my. Maybe it wasn't my downfall necessarily. No. But uh, maybe a reason that I didn't. That sure, I didn't, go, that that I didn't if go. you didn't hear that bump, that was Derek kicking the that entire was Derek's table. kneecap. It's <laughs> yeah. a big wooden table. Yeah, kneecap my ass. Yeah, you fucking Tanya Harden's name. Who table. built this? Some But yeah, play making money. Like re- realizing early on that I could make money playing music. Yeah, good money and good money. Like I. I wasn't skinny, you know. I had a car, and you worked good hours. I mean, yeah. and you yeah, could, I could, could, I could work, work ten to four, chill and 
two, three nights a week. My right. bar tab was free. Everybody loved me. Six hundred bucks a week. You know, three nights a week to sing music. Yeah, man. And I was young. I was in my twenties. Sing music and hang out with your friends. And hang out with your friends, man. It was it was perfect. I mean, yeah. even even my parents were proud of me. Yeah. You know, and yeah, your parents became regulars, especially yeah. Sunday afternoons. Right. And I, your parents I, were regulars. I remember whenever I told them, hey, man, I'm thinking about laying this down. Like, I think I'm thinking about maybe getting a like a, a proper job, you know, one with a retirement plan, one with one that pays for insurance and just stuff like that that become important to you as you get older. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's next? They were worried. They they were like, but Josh, this is your and that's not something you you would usually expect to hear from, you know, your parents. Like, oh wow, he's he's gonna stop playing music. My baby's growing up. Right. For, right yeah. Right, right. They they were kind of like, oh, are, are you sure this is what you? Because you're good yeah. at this. Um, and I and I was I was sure I was I was sure. I, yeah. Not totally sure. That's a big deal, man. So, That's a lot of peace that you had to come to. Yeah. Yeah. Was That's, it the insurance and the the more security thing, or well, it was or a, some of it. The stuff we were talking about earlier, the demons that could creep up because of you it's know a lot it was at night and you got done late at night and you had that adrenaline high and the easiest way for most people to get through that in this industry and in this industry that we're talking about is drinking. Go out and have a couple of drinks. Yeah. Which, you know, leads to. It puts you in situations that can lead to such bad decisions. Right. Um, so there was a general feeling of, uh, I guess, like, disdain mm. for playing me. Like, I was starting to find myself, like, loathing the fact that, okay, so I got a, I got a job. I got a regular day job, and I kept gigging on the weekends. Yeah. And I found myself kind of not really looking forward to having to have a gig mm. like i was uh i, I didn't want to do it you just developed yeah. a disdain for it yeah it and felt like work it it did it felt and like playing work. music like that shouldn't it should be fun and i felt like a monkey like i felt like a, yeah. a like a circus monkey like just being out there to go be an entertainer yeah and and i also knew that i have you know with alcoholism in addiction, uh, where they say you hang out in a barbershop, you end up getting a haircut. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was right there on the front lines. Uh, and I, I don't know, I don't know when to stop. And I, I knew that I needed to get just, I knew I needed to make a change yeah. and the change had to be drastic. So getting out of the, the music thing, uh, some consistency in my life was, was something that I didn't really know that I needed or wanted, but once I realized it, once I saw saw it there, it was such a breath of fresh air. Wow. Um, not having to, you know, get on the phone and book up my month, you know, so I could pay rent or you know pay my health insurance or whatever. Um, it was just nice to know that hey, if you if you wake up and put on your boots and go to work. Um, you're going to have about this much money, mm-hmm. you know, every two weeks and you're going to have, you know, decent health insurance and, and all that stuff. And it made the home life a lot easier. Yeah. It made the home life a lot easier. I wasn't, um, I wasn't coming home drunk. Another thing when I was gigging, 
on the weekends, I was making up for lost time. Oh, you God. know, capitalizing on the five days you missed. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't drinking out throughout the week, but man, that summer would kick in. So it was probably worse. Yeah, it was. I would yeah. pick up, I would pick up right where I left off and they would be, uh, there would be some hell, some hellacious benders and, um, God damn, I don't know why these people kept, kept me coming back. I mean, there were some nights that... You were the only one? Motherfucker, you were a talented-ass singer. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I mean... One of of the best voices I've ever heard. Then, I didn't pay for my friends. I I couldn't (laughs) afford that shit. I didn't have that luxury with a cell block. I could not afford to pay my friends to play here if they sucked. There was no way I could get away with that. We were brand new. Yeah. We didn't have the, the money or anything to do this. So when I booked Ross or Hamlin for the first time, they had one of the best demos at that time that I heard. Mm-hmm. They were incredible. All Man, right. that first album of theirs. God, so good. Hangs on the wall. Yeah. So good. Is that the, is that the um, I can see the, yeah. the cover. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I think I bought it like a dozen times because I would let somebody borrow it and they wouldn't give it back. And so then incredible. next time they played, like Ross, can I, or Adam, can I buy another CD? I saw him, uh, Chick fil A, like Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it was, you could get away with things that like um, monsoons and shit like that, like that. But for me, with the Subwalk shipment and I, we were just, dude, we had to have somebody in there that was a draw. Yeah. And that, people wanted to fucking hear right so it became that became my mentality everywhere i went after that yeah. even if it had the ability to do that i'm not gonna pay because i've i'm that guy i've pulled bands off the stage and said you gotta go yeah all right you fuck here's a hundred dollars shut this shit down yeah. and get the fuck out of my bar yeah you're costing me money at this yeah point. and so it never became this thing in my head where well okay i've made it let me throw two hundred dollars to josh because I know he needs it, or he can keep a crowd here. Fuck that. <laughs> and if there if there was one thing, whether I showed up drunk or not, I showed up. Fuck like, yeah. I, I would I would be there. <laughs> I would be there, man. I don't know how you got there. Sometimes. Sometimes I didn't know how I got there either. And honestly, I don't know how I got through a lot of those sets. Because you um, Because I drank. It became autopilot at some point in our life. Yeah, and I really, I really didn't feel like I could play or sing well until I had a few in me. Like I would get to, I would get to the bar. Like we'd usually start around ten o'clock most places, ten o'clock at night, and um, I'd get there around eight to load in. Yeah, and I'm a one man show. I got an acoustic guitar. They, tower, the, probably yeah. the Bose tower that sets up in like 37 seconds. The Bose tower, or the bar would already have a PA. Yeah, there. usually you just walk in and play. So yeah. I just walk in with a guitar. So I get there, you know, two hours early to set up. And damned if I wasn't, I mean, I would be at least four beers and four shots behind it of Jameson. So feeling good, Jameson. You know, yeah, damn. and and that was just. That was just like level, yeah. like that was Horrible. like okay, I'm Horrible. ready, I'm ready yeah. to play. And was that, I mean, you know, wetting the whistle, or was it like I called shutting it, up the voices in your head? I called it getting oiled up, Promise. and I called it getting oiled yeah. up. And listen, I had terrible stage fright. Like that's we, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, was that we, so that we, you felt we, comfortable well, on stage? You got to think like I'm doing. 
I'm up there doing like one of the most emasculating things. Like, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy's guy. Right. But it's like, I'm getting ready to get up here on a stage with a bunch of lights on me and, you know, uh, everybody look at me, 5,000 Watts, you know, of, you know, volume, everybody look at me and I'm about to sing love songs to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Guyliner. There was, there was, there was, (laughs) there was a section of my life (laughs) where it made the eyes pop. Um, Not only did he wear bandanas. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I was, I was, I was getting up there and I was, I was like singing. I was doing something that's like, Serenading motherfuckers. Yeah, it, but yeah. it's it's so tux does that shit. Why am I doing it? It's so uh, what you're so vulnerable. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know. Oh god, yeah. yes. Yeah, you're a hundred percent vulnerable. And at that point, you are open yourself. You open yourself up for all the scrutiny, and you're oh, doing yeah. it in a place where yeah. everybody's already had. It, they're they're like they're, they're primed the for being assholes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, they're all peacocking, trying to prove how big yeah. and bad they they're are. So right. I'm going to sit up here on fire and pray to God they don't throw it at me. Yeah. yeah. And and at that point, you weren't in a band, so it was just you. It's probably easier when you're one of four or five. It was. So that, you know, okay, it's not me versus y'all. It's us. Right. Top of the Orange was so much fun. It was fun. It, that was, I'll tell you what, uh, that band caught a lot of shit from the other, from the, from the band communities. Really? Um, yeah, because uh, fucking Nickelbacked them. They did. Young Nickelbacked the shit out of Mobile. They well, I'm well. I mean, we were kind of viewed as the Nickelback, right? We were okay, kind of so viewed you as might like be taking these... this the wrong way from me. I like Nickelback. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they came on so fucking fast and so hard that that was all they got played. Why people hate them today, but. Those motherfuckers took over. But the guy discovered, I mean, whatever his name is from Chad Nickelback. Kroger. Chad Kroger. I mean, he's he's got the the magic uh spell for, you know, writing hits. You know, that that can't be denied. No. He said they're talented. I get they got played out so much because an one album would have five number ones on it. He's like, yep. how the fuck are you doing this? That was y'all. Talking the orange came in and fucking ruined everybody. <laughs> and and we and we all we also would play covers. There was there was a section of Top of the Orange that, you know, we would only do originals at certain shows. And then it became, hey look, we would we'd like to make some money. And we'd like to play some of these places like Grand Central, because Grand Central at the time was like you had arrived. Oh yeah, that was the place like, for me. That was Mecca for everybody. If if you weren't if you were a rock band and you weren't playing Grand Central, you weren't really a rock band in in, in so many circles in Mobile. Yeah, like yeah, from Gulfport to Panama. There there yeah. were there were some, you know, rock uh clicks that no. you know they were they were just we squashed them. But they they're garage bands, you know, and, yeah. and they, yeah, they, no, they I were, gave them they a were, home. They were just too proud to, uh, or, or, or maybe, or, or maybe just not good enough, you know, probably just not good enough or too proud to, to succumb or, you know, play the covers so they could get into a place like that. Well, a lot of them felt entitled just because they were musicians. Well, they felt entitled because they didn't play covers. Right. Yeah. So you, you, I can't tell you how many fucking demos I've thrown uh-huh. back at a band. We don't play covers. Then you're not playing here. I, it, and it's not a personal thing. And that's what I... You never get that that second moment to go, it's not personal. I would love to play just yeah. the originals here. 
Yeah. I can't afford that. Yeah. My staff, I cannot afford to lose my staff yeah. because you want to sit up here and play, play fucking serenades to one girl in the corner all goddamn night. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Because if you best. can't keep the crowd in here, exactly. guess what? Neither one of us is going to have yeah. a job. Yeah. How are you going to get dis- discovered if there's nobody in this motherfucker? Yeah. 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 But it, it never failed. And I'd be like, well, how long have y'all been together? Well, this, this, this would be our first gig. I'm like, oh, you just got this fucking That attitude? was the worst. Like, you came in here, like, motherfucker, asking for top dollar, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, your demo's written with Sharpie. And it's not even spelled right. Oh, I wouldn't even listen. I wouldn't even listen to it. Like, if it wasn't a decent press kit. Oh, if I, yeah. I wouldn't even play it. And I'm sure I missed out on some pretty good bands. Maybe, I, I um, but but like you could just <laughs> like when you saw a professional looking press kit, and I'm talking again, I'm speaking from from a music buyer later. from Mobile, Alabama, in, yeah. the, in the you know mid two thousands, you know, we're, yeah, but we're not we, talking. It had to be like this professionally printed thing. But, but motherfucker, we had Kinko. But if it was in, if Show it was what your set list are, if it was you know if it was just a, a, a stapled in the corner, clearly photocopied. You know, and your and your the CD you gave me was in that that you know green, green. fuck. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you wrote well, on we it. We got done with this shit before. And you wrote on it with like a orange. with a big with yeah. with a with the blue oh, cap man. big pin. Yeah. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, yeah, have some more respect for yourself. Like, well, that was that you was can it. you can you can spend twenty bucks and make it look really good, yeah. and then I'm gonna want to listen to it. But this I don't want to listen to. Yeah, because it looks like your fifth grade. Social studies project. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was an attitude for me. It's yeah, but there there were a couple that came in. They were like, "Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna sell this place out." Cool. Uh, have you played or- before? Oh, we've never played before. Top of the Orange was the workingest band that I've ever been in. Like I was in. Uh, I mean, Far Fletcher was the gigginest band that I've ever been in because we gigged all around. That was a business. That was a business. That was a straight up business. That really was a business. And we played all around the Southeast and we did really well for ourselves. Oh yeah. Um, but top of the orange clockwork, man, we practiced three nights a week. Wow. And, and we did it out in grand Bay. It was a 30 minute drive and it was nobody's house. We rented a building in, in grand Bay because we, we recognized that if we were doing it at somebody's house, then the comfort of the house would be there, yeah. and the distractions of of you know having a couch or a TV or something to sit in. Yeah. Like we wanted it to make an actual, uh, uh, like physically have to take ourselves out of our comfort zones and put ourselves into a place that we were paying for to do the work that we needed to do. And that was how that we wrote 21 songs in uh, like six months. Wow. Uh, and we ended up using nine of them for the last album that we recorded in, um, in um, New Orleans. Um, but yeah, where is that album? It's on, it's on, uh, it's on Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, look. Where? <laughs> who who said it? Uh, was it Hemingway? Oh. Uh, it said right drunk edit sober. It wasn't Hemingway. No, that's a hundred uh, Thompson. Right drunk edit sober. My ass uh, did the opposite. I wrote sober and I recorded not drunk, but stoned. And because I, because I had all this, I had all these like but stoned. 
I had all these problems with like, oh my God, like we're immortalizing. We're taking this song and we're like, we're putting it on like at that time, CD. Right. Yeah. It's out there um, now. Yeah. Like it's permanent. that it's permanent. Like Thank it is God. I can go back and find this motherfucker singing Cinderella story. Uh, I don't know if you can. I can. I <laughs> so just let you oh, know. Shit. I do it at least twice a week. Not the, not the, uh, the news one. No, God knows. Y'all were in um, Westmobile, Martini, Crooked Martini. Oh, okay. God. Yeah, I gotta listen to four minutes of bullshit. So that wasn't that wasn't my song. I know that was that was uh, Bobby Hamilton's song. Um, Can I buy it from him? I'm sure he'd sell it. He's he's all about uh, making some money off of his uh, songs he writes. Um, I want that song so I can hear it again. But yeah, those guys. he would write lyrics, mm-hmm. right? He would basically write a poem, and we would put it to music. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would say that we have, you know, s- some access rights to that music, but um, no, no rights to the lyrics itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Top of the Orange, working ass band. Um, very proud of those guys. That's a great ass band. Yeah. yeah. Very, very talented. There's a handful of bands that I would go out of my way to see. Like, in, in me driving across the bay, yeah. not that I'm anybody or anything special, but that's, that's a commitment. That's an hour for me one way. So, yeah. if I'm coming across the bay, it's because I care about y'all. Mm-hmm. I want to see y'all play. And that was, again, I'm nobody. It doesn't matter. But I'm spending my money. I took my night off from my restaurant. I'm going to go hear what I want to hear and... And Dan, we didn't put on a hell of a show, man. Oh my God, you had a full I mean, Bobby, set up. Bobby Harvey, shit. You don't the, get it. Motherfucking now that was man. that was something that Top of the Orange. Now, before I joined Top of the Orange, the the band had a bad rap because they had a management team that was basically run by a used car salesman, oh. and he was he was a bit of a pill, and um, well, they had a sound team. Um, and the way that that manager had it set up was the band was not allowed to do anything with the sound or do anything with the lights. The sound team would come in and they would set everything up. They'd set everybody's guitars up, set everybody's drums up. They were using a blast shield for the drums at that time too. Um, you know, like, like, like you see in church. Um, and, um, well, it's, it takes the kick down. It's it gives it gives the sound engineer more control over over the drums. Oh, it's for them. Yeah, because you have all these microphones mm-hmm. on. You know how many you got a six piece drum kit. You got six microphones. Now you got seven, eight cymbals, nine for the hats. Yeah. Um. So you got all this ambient noise coming into these microphones. Anyway, there's just there's more control over it. Sorry. And they also were using ice ISO cabs. So there was no sound coming from the actual stage itself. So the guitar cabinets uh were boxes, soundproof boxes with speakers in them with a microphone in. And every all the guys on the and all the guys in the band were running an in-ear uh monitor system so they could hear everything in the front of the house could hear everything but there wasn't really any, there was no stage sound there was no stage sound huh 
there, I don't realize that. There was no yes. stage sound. And that gave the sound engineer complete control. So if th- there was no guitar player going over there and bumping his shit up, you know, in the middle of the set. Um, but the, the band was not allowed to help the sound engineer and the and the lighting or do any of the setup or the teardown of the show and when i came into the band i thought that that was i i felt that that was wrong how did you come into the band i'm sorry i just i I never um so i was in far fletcher at the time i've been with i see i got in far fletcher when i was is like 2004 or five um (laughs) i was 20 uh i was 27 years old when i realized the first time that i had a bad drinking problem i got sober in 2008 um i came back to far fletcher after i got sober um i played with far fletcher for about another year top of the orange came to me and they said Hey, look, uh, our singer doesn't want to be our singer anymore. Um, and by this point, they had had this was their second singer well, of that band because it was Sam originally on the drums, right? And then because it was Sam and Jason, and then Sam left, and that's is that Sam, when they got Chad? Sam, or am I thinking of a different band? You're thinking of September Sun. That's okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. My yep, God. No, no, no. September Sun. Yep, sorry. And um, but but that was Sam Anderson. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember Jason's last name. Breland. Breland. And Jason Breland was the current singer with them when they came to me and said, "Hey, look, Jason. Jason just doesn't feel like he wants to do this anymore. He wants to pass the torch. We think that you're a good fit for this." And so I said, sure, um, I'll give it a try. And they basically said, great, here's 50 songs. You've got to learn them. And we're doing our first show at Grand Central. We're renting a spotlight. I remember that. We're renting a a spotlight. I I was not at Grand Central at that point, but I was there that night. I mean the big ridiculous. Yeah, no, I remember this. Yeah, like you can like see aircraft with. It, yeah, it is attached to a truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was it's huge. Like Batman shit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was huge. I mean, you couldn't move in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And then we did we did Bayfest shortly after. Oh, um, opened up for. Godsmack and the, uh, Five Finger Death Punch. I'm pretty sure there's a picture of Bobby and I from that show. I'm in a Felix's manager shirt because I come in there after work and we're like looking at the camera like giving horns. <laughs> it's on my Facebook page somewhere. Go find it. It was a fun time, man. Oh, man. It was a really Y'all fun time. Um, and see, you guys hit perfectly because Ugly Stick pretty much was pulling out of Mobile at that yep. time. And so, and they we, needed a big band. We needed Mo- a big band. Mobile needed a big we band. Had, what was which, Todd's we, band? which we just don't have any of anymore. Oh, it's gone. What was Todd's band? Todd uh, Singe. Yeah, Singe. Singe. So they were just not reliable, right? You know. So God, they used to pack that bar out there. They, Good God, my fucking God. They and packed, that's that's one of those. Bands. They packed that bar out so hard. They could have been the first time they ever played and said, we'll pack this place out. They would, because every one of them brought 27 family members. They fucking traveled. Yeah. But they packed out every fucking... They they were incredible. They packed it out every time they played. King Thursday packed it out every time they played. They were out of Pensacola. That's right. Um, 
Oh man, the band that y'all y'all would get in there that wouldn't they would do well if they had people in there and they would they would draw people in like from the street, but it was the ska band and they would wear all white. Oh, um Oh god. They had, they had the horn section. Yeah, they were out of they were out of the Mississippi Coast. Gulf Gulf Gulfport. Yeah, they were younger. Yeah, they were young as shit. I can't mm-hmm. I, oh, I can't remember their name. They were so much fun though. They, they were, were fun. fun. It, was, it was something about seeing a horn band at, uh-huh. at Grand Central that yeah. was just like Gym Class Heroes before Gym Class Heroes. I remember yeah. I remember mentioning it to BJ. I was like, Hey, I think I'm I think I'm gonna book this band. He's like What? I'm like I'm telling you, dude. Like, I got a demo and I cannot stop listening to it. And I was like, just check it Those out. Are my favorite. And uh, and he was like, they're awesome. And I'm like, I know. I'm just trying to get a date open where I can get them in. I tell you, if I ever go, if I ever play music again, I'd want a horn section. Oh, okay. like there's something about a horn Man, section. I have found, and I don't know if that's kind of where it started, but as band, you know, as, as musicians get bigger and bigger and bigger, when they go on tour, typically they will have. You know, it, you know, it starts out as like a three or four piece, and then right. when you see them live, they've got the orchestra section. Yeah, I love, I love horn sections in bands. Me too. Nathaniel yeah, Rateliff. There's yeah. something that's something of it what I love up, about them so much. Like it's there, there's just like you can't mimic that with anything else. I right. remember a, a horn, some horn band. It might have been the one that we're talking about right now. But Greg DeLuca. Greg DeLuca is. A phenomenal drummer. Oh my god! And probably, I'd venture to say one of the best. Uh, I I just been one of the best that I've ever that I've ever had the pleasure to play with. And such a genuinely nice guy. And such a genuinely nice dude. Like yeah, he's on par with a couple. Yeah, one other drummer, and then he just crushes it with just being one hundred percent genuinely yeah. a nice. He's person. just such a nice. Guy. But he's a but he's a musician first and foremost. Like he's not just a drum. Like you got people out there that are drummers, mm-hmm. you uh, know. But I mean, uh, Greg can play bass. Greg can play. Greg can play anything you probably put in front of him. Yeah, he's another deal. And he studied music. And we were watching one of these horn bands, and he turns around to me, and we're standing at the uh, at the soundboard where we all, where all the musicians would stand. All of y'all would hang out. Yep. We would all hang out at the soundboard. And he turns around to me and grabs me by my lapels and he says, that was a crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, I, I know. Because <laughs> he, was, he was so happy to hear some like musical elements, yeah. you know, like people actually, you know, not just like a rock band yeah. where everything was loud. Like you actually heard that was a crescendo. <laughs> And so it's just something that was that was a terrible crescendo, by the way. But uh, just to actually hear something that was, you know, musical, hilarious. Yeah, there were so many good times. And you know, that's that's what I miss. It's, I mean, the money was always great. We made great money doing doing what we did. And, that, that's there's moments. But it's the, it's it's like what he was saying. You know, the the musicians that would come in just to see who was playing and hang out for a little bit. You know, at Grand, it was always by the by the soundstage. And then, um, you know, the at Bluegill, I mean, the amount of those guys that would show up to a restaurant to support somebody else and then would get up and play. And, and I remember telling Dale when he was here, like, that was some of my favorite music oh, yeah. that I ever had 
am, am the I, ability to pay for? Maybe I'm just not in the loop anymore, but I don't feel like that's happening anymore. Oh, it's not. It's gone. I don't, uh, I don't feel like the, the sit-in and like, hey, you come you come to my gig. And, yeah. You know, I mean, you guys would, and anymore? it was... Other than Zach Schaefer's? And I'm telling you, it was, it was some of the coolest yeah, stuff. Yeah. But because, it, because it just, you, you didn't... You didn't get to hear it any other time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I still think of, you know, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I told this story. So sorry to the listeners. You're going to have to hear me tell the yeah, story. Again, but but uh, the, it was the night of Bayfest. Mm. We had we had thrown together a band for Grants for not Grants for, for Bluegill. And um, it was it ended up being Dale, Brandon Wiggum and TK Lively. Oh, wow. As a three piece. And Eric had shown up, like, I think he was playing Bayfest that night or something. And so he showed up for dinner. He was hanging out. And it was, you know, me and Bobby were sitting there talking. I I was the manager that night, but I was done. Um, somebody else was closing. And so we were just sitting there outside the bar having a drink, just BSing with each other and and listening to the three of them play stuff. And it was like, this is so cool because Dale and Brandon, you know, were so, so good together from the time in West Lover well, Band yeah, and the time in Ugly Stick together. They were so... Oh, yeah. They know where each other's know, going. Telepath with each other, right? And then TK, everything he played, like, he, he was so talented and could do so many different things, but but naturally would always come back to that kind of 70s, grungy kind of kind of R&B feel. Yeah, you talk about Kyle McCarter. No, TK no, Lively. TK Lively. Older, older black guy. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, like, it always kind of had that, like, just kind of, there was like a 70s funk. Yeah. Okay. Kind of grungy well, feel to a, it. A little George Clinton style. Yeah. Drum. Like okay. everything. It's and then, fucking and, um, incredible. And so, so Dale goes, Bacon, what, what, what song do you want to hear? And I was like, War Pigs. And he's kind of looks and he's like, I don't know if we can. And so he walks over to TK and he's like, do you know this song? And he's like, no. And so, so Dale's literally going, well, okay, we'll do this. And then, and then Brandon's like, yeah, and then just follow me on this. And Eric goes, they're literally teaching him how to play this song right now. Watch this. <laughs> and they go into it. And again, like the, and, but the way TK's playing it is not right. Right. But seven seconds into that song, I was like, this is the greatest verse in this song I've ever heard in my life. And I looked at Bobby and we recorded so many of those just thrown together bands. Yeah. Just to see what would happen. And I looked at him and please tell me you're recording this. He goes, I forgot. And I was like, no. How do you forget? It's digital. Just it press was, record. No, he, he didn't bring okay. whatever piece he needed right, that night. Because right. it was literally like a random Friday night. We just yeah. didn't think it was going to be anything great. It was the best version of that song I have ever, and it is nothing like, in no way like the original other than Dale saying the right words. But but they but like Brandon immediately picked up on what TK was doing, so changed the baseline to fit TK, but it still worked. And and Bobby's just like, this should not work at all, but oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> it was so great, and that and it's I mean, it, and that was so early on, um, at, for my time at the Blue Good, But it just that that became my favorite. Yeah, like you know, it, it, Fly By Radio was great, and you know there were some awesome bands. There's fun bands, but it got Yay. to the point where it's almost like, I hope it rains out on Sunday so we could put together a fun band. Yep. That I know the music is going to be <laughs> phenomenal, and it's my friends. Yeah, my last bit of music was at Bojangles, and that was probably some of my favorite. Listen, it, yeah, the, the open mic thing mm. that y'all were putting on, um, and y'all had me hosting that. There's there's a handful of those. 
I, I call them kids. They're adults now, but um, I call them I call them kids. But those kids that were coming in there for that open mic night, they're actually gigging. You know, around town now, Lorianne Armour. Oh, uh, she works for me at the Blue Girl. Uh, Ser- really? Sergio. Yeah, she was, she was part of the very first crew. Sergio uh, has his own band. Actually, Sergio went on to, ha- uh, during COVID, I think he started hosting his own, like, uh, like live stream, and he would have people come over to the, I mean, he has, his, he's all into the music thing. Um, there were some really talented kids coming up through that. There, there really were. I mean... It was it, open mic is uh, that's a very that's a hard one mm-hmm. because you're really putting yourself out there for just shit yeah because they they think it's karaoke yeah and that's hard but after having been in New York and doing Arlene's Grocery that open mic night was something that was you 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 can't quantify the amazingness of a the band. Yeah, their open mic was a full band. You were the lead zero band. Oh wow! And like rock anthem, wow. shit, journey, warrant. I mean, you named it. They fucking uh, put it. So they have. They called it the Bible, and it sat on stage, and it looked like a fucking Bible. All the songs they knew. All the songs they knew. Wow. And that. And if you didn't know it, you were off fucking stage. Yeah. They would stop playing and make you get out. What was it in, in Coyote Ugly where she's trying to drop off her demo? Come, I'm sure it sounds really good in your shower. Yeah. <laughs> That's how most open mics and yeah. tryouts are. It's like... They do. You know, yeah, it's awful. Look, I hosted a lot of... 98 out of 100 are going to be garbage. Yeah. A lot of open mic nights I hosted around town in a lot of different places. And I had, I had a few places where the managers or owners would come up to me and say, Hey, man, you got to get him down. You know, like this, it is usually like 10 minutes or three songs, yeah. whichever came first, yeah. you know, and if, and if I got a thumbs up from the manager, then you'll get a thumbs up and you can do some more. Um, that way I wasn't you know, the bad guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but there were some guys that were like the first three minutes or the first 30 seconds. It's like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. like people are going to, people are walking out right mm-hmm. now. Like the. Mobile is uh, Mobile knows their knows their good music. They really do. They do as much as they don't know shit like food and stuff like that. Music you can't get by. Like we we've grown up with it. Where at one time we had some of the biggest musicians through this town. Um, we're not we're not going to cheek on that shit, man. It's going to be. I think it's part of it. Yeah, but if you but if you get that thumbs up. Like, pat yourself on the back a little bit. Okay. It's not. Yeah, it's not easily obtainable. No, it's not. Especially. And everybody doesn't get it. (laughs) And and if you get the thumbs down, just know that the guy that has to tell you that the thumb was down, he feels your pain. And. Hmm. You Why can, do you think I made you give the thumbs down? And you can get you, you can get there. Yeah, you just you got to. You're just not ready. Well, yeah, you're just not ready yet. So you, yeah, there it, it was hard to get these kids to understand that. Like, look, man. First of all, open mic sucks for yeah. me. Like it's I'm doing this because I want to get back. I want you guys to have a stage. I want mm-hmm. you to have a place to perform. First of all, you need the experience in front of people. Yep. <clears throat> you yep. need the experience on a stage. Mm-hmm. The lights, the, it's different. It's going to sound different here than it does in your mom's garage. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. 
I'm going to lose money for a very long time to put this on. So if I tell you, you got to get down, it isn't because you're awful and I just, you know, I'm being a vindictive cunt. It's because I need to keep the business going so you can get better and come back and get back up here. Yeah. It's it's hard to explain to somebody in three minutes. Like, you know, you feel like, yeah, I should have a staff meeting with everybody's going to do a mic. Like, look, this is how it works, man. It's going to be a guy with a cane over here. And if you suck, he's going to jerk you off stage. Yeah, it would have been nice if I could have, you know, yeah. hey, hey, everybody, gather around. Yeah. Like, this is how it's going to work. And a lot of times I would start, start it off. Like, uh, most of the mic nights that I host, I would play for, like, the first 30 minutes. And that was not only to set a level of like hey look like we're not really screwing around right you know and then we would have uh we're not really screwing around but also don't you don't have to be great right you know this this is this is about you too yeah. you know and you've brought people you know and these people want to hear you play and oh yeah it's you know deal, man. um but there's other people here that aren't here for you right and uh they're here for that other guy yeah, open mic. What it's a, a hard world. But I mean, it's also the music. I mean, it's part of the industry. Like, it is. It's you know, hard people, people would give Simon Cowell crap for all those years of American Idol. So, but let's face it. Like I'm rolling my eyes because that's exactly like, how I like. Less music. than one percent of the ones that really want to do it have the ability to really do it on that kind of stage. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, it's a, it's an industry that you. Yeah, you gotta thicken your skin up. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and you gotta be able to. You gotta be able to take criticism. Yeah. and you know. I'll tell you what, and and, and, and how to make it work for you. Yeah, like, yeah. That that wasn't the right song. Maybe your voice could be great, that but did you choose the right song? Problems too, especially these kids trying to do. Cover, they come and doing the covers, and you, like, first of all, buddy, your vocal range is not that. Yeah, and yeah. You're doing covers. I need you as close to that band as possible. Yeah. So I don't need you with a voice that's up here trying to sing shit that's down here. Yeah, Yeah, covers are weird. It's like you either need to be like almost spot on Mm -hmm. with it or you need to be in total left field. Yeah, Yeah. be able to make it like if 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 it's close enough for people to compare it to the original, then that's all they're going to do. Right. They're going to say it sounds nothing like it you know his his inflection or or whatever but if it's yours if you take that song and you feel that song even if it's not even if it doesn't necessarily have the same meaning that the songwriter wrote it with right and you feel it for yourself and then perform it that way that is when a cover song is going to do well absolutely zombie Missed the bus on that one, didn't I? Like, sorry, Cranberries, but she had to go and die, and then that other rock band came out and did a cover of it, and I was like, damn, it, I kind of, I kind of knew that was a good song. Yeah, you owned that one. <laughs> yeah, you had kind of been doing that version for a couple of years before they, I kinda, I kinda, they hit it right. I kind of knew that. Stop was... doing music for three years <laughs> before they done. And it. then I hear it on the radio, I'm like, motherfucker. I was, I was like, did Josh get the permission? No. <laughs> I was like, these motherfuckers are from Mobile. But there's no fucking way. It was it was funny, and we we were guilty of it too. But it was funny, like when we found that one cover song that was like nobody else is doing this, and but this one really hits. Like this one really goes over well. Um, 
Because there's so few and far between. Like, yeah. there's, there's like your. Who'd have thought zombie would have been great? Well, there's your staples. You know, there's yeah, like, there's the ones that like that are almost like given that you're going uh, to hear. But then you. Tell the rising sun. Yeah, please don't. You search and search and search, and you finally find one, and and you're trying out all these new ones, and right. and they're like, you think that they're going to be great? Like, it's like I remember we worked so hard to learn Foo Fighters Rope, and Rope was like a jamming ass song. It was hard to play on the guitar it was it was cool uh and we played it and we played it to the t we and it flopped like a fish man i mean it was just nobody gave a shit who was was this far fletcher this was top of the orange um there's a few like not that i'm a musician by any stretch of me but there's a couple musicians that i don't know if i'd have the stones to try to cover and yeah like i just don't Dave Grohl was not one of those guys I want to try to emulate. Man, I'll, I'll do it. I heard you a, can. You've I'll got do that. It. I heard a phenomenal story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of obsessed with Foo Fighters music the last couple months. We oh, could, you man. know, the passage of Taylor Hawkins and yeah. that tribute concert, which if you want to see some phenomenal music, that's kind of what we've been talking about, where it's a mod podge of artists. I'm not ready. It. I don't, I don't think I, I think I'll be in tears there's a couple times when, when his son comes out and plays oh, hero man. with him oh my Jesus it is phenomenal I'm not ready to watch Dave Grohl cry yeah. it is phenomenal Again. but the, the 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 coolest thing is don't get in a band with Dave Grohl and I've seen it made into a meme yeah there's a there's a time in that song where he's been he's turned around and he's looking at Shane Tyler's son playing the, I mean wailing on the drum son that kid hits the drums hard. He does hit hard. Oh my well, gosh! Tim Stanton. And no, I mean I'm talking beating on those beating on the sun. Awesome. There was emotion in but that. There's, but there's but there's a there is a look of pride. Oh yeah. In Dave looking at his best friend's son, and just it's like the torch was passed. Wow. Like mm. when, you, when you you can see it, he's he is. The love and the pride that he has in him for doing that—that's a talented individual. It's phenomenal. But there was a great. They were on Tyler. I mean, Tyler. They were on um, Howard Stern in twenty-one or twenty. Um, when Ty, when when Howard moved out to um, mm. Hollywood, like breaking in the new studios or yeah. whatever, and um, you know they had the full band because you know um, Pat, who was also Pat Smear, who was also in Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, was in, you know, they got him into Foo Fighters and he's telling a story like um, they were walking by like the green room one day and Dave was playing, was like just goofing off uh, with Kurt Cobain's left-handed guitar and Kurt and Pat were like, holy crap, Dave Grohl is the best guitar player in Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> On a left-handed guitar, oh, yeah, that. and he's right-handed. Yeah, he's and he's yeah. literally just goofing off. Yeah, and they were, and, and you know, like they were like Howard asked, he's like, "Did y'all make Pat Smear try out?" And Dave goes, "No, it's Pat Smear. I'm not making him try out for anything. We needed another guitar player." And I was like, "Hey, Kurt, what about Pat Smear?" Yep, let's call him and see if he's interested. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Absolutely." Do you want to be in our band? Damn, I was like, "That's so awesome." Imagine the the shit that they went. You think about you know watching like Bohemian Rhapsody and how Freddie Mercury got into Queen and all that. Yeah, like that's a different world. Oh my gosh! Like you just break down the eras and stuff, and just to see how these bands have to come about and stuff like that. 
That's, that's some brazen motherfuckers. It was, man. you know, that was something that I, I kind of lost some, um, not respect for music, but some of it, like all these uh, ideas that I had of like rock and roll and like rock star and like just what it was, you know, like Kirk Stacey Co- Jack. Like, you know, Molly, like, like Molly Crew and, you know, Nicky Six drank heroin through a fire hose and fucking you know, snorting ants. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne snorting ants and no, biting, biting heads Nikki off. Nicky Six dying, being, you know, he's OD'd. He, he comes, comes to in the back of the ambulance, hops out, goes back to the party and shoots up again. Come on, dude. Yeah. So so you hear about this rock and roll and it's not necessarily that I want to be like, I I don't want to be a heroin addict, (laughs) No, but it's just like, there's something so appealing about that. (laughs) Not, not the heroin. It's Johnny Depp. There's something appealing about that lifestyle. Yeah. And you see, you see him trying to emulate it or like imitate it. Right. So you've got one of the biggest fucking actors on the planet and his whole life. All he's ever wanted to be was a rock star. His accessories. His accessories. <laughs> but then I, right. well, I we played Bayfest. Forever 21. One of those years, and I won't say the name of the band, but I remember I being, will. I remember being backstage and, uh, these guys were upset and they were angry and they were a headliner. They're angry that they had Dasani water in their cooler and that it wasn't Fiji water. And I was thinking, these soft motherfuckers. (laughs) It's water. It's water. Like, you should be talking about, like, you know, I said said Jack, not Jim Bean, you know, or, (laughs) you know, I said Colombian. Bam, bam. I don't don't know. Jack versus Jim Bean, I can get on board. I can't do the charcoal filtered. I I can't do sweet. I can't can't do it. And that ain't one of those you can sneak it by. And, and, and by all means, Fiji water is absolutely better than it's the superior. Water. It is superior. It is better. Hands so, down, that's from a but, naked lady's butt. But when you're when you're playing an outside gig in Mobile, Alabama, in October, in early October, when it's still hot and humid, you Please just want picky. cold Please water. Be picky. Yeah. By all means, down that. You just sword, want buddy. cold water. Guess where you live at right yeah. now for the next three days. Yeah. We call this Hades, bitch. <laughs> you will be licking sweat off your partner's ass to get water from uh, the I, was just, wow. I was just I never got that thirsty. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. And the and the guy was wearing I, I, I muted everything. Who was it? I'm giving it away <laughs> right now, but the guy was wearing a uh the, the lead singer, no, the lead singer wasn't wearing a bandana. <laughs> he, was, he was wearing a vest, like a flak jacket, like a like a bulletproof vest that fucking fit that, that had a patch on it that said "dick." And I was like, "You're not a dick." <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, man. Let me make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? Anyway, I mean, you know what? Maybe maybe they had addiction problems. Maybe they're alcoholics, and <laughs> maybe you know, maybe Fiji water was just exactly what the he needed. Dude, <laughs> I, I swear to God, like the, all the riders I've had to deal with, fucking Molly Ringwalds can eat a dick. Oh God, these motherfuckers! What uh, do they want? <sighs> It was seven pages long. Molly's in the book. That's who's the blow pops. Mm. Uh, Is that U.S.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, these motherfuckers wanted like seven deli trays, and it was like at the time it was like one of the meats we don't we don't get in the movie, like boar's. It say it was boar's head or some shit like that. Okay, but cheese just couldn't touch the meat. All right, so it had a separate cheese plate. Okay, six six bottles of absolute. Six bottles of tequila. Can't remember which one. It was basically five different liquors, six full bottles of them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're getting a little much here, buddy. Um, no one can talk to us. Yeah. Good luck with that. I'm like a little chatty bitch, and I like to pay people when I talk to them. <laughs> what the fuck's this? I, mean, I like to pay people when I talk to them. Oh, my God, damn, dude. How do you think you're going to get this at the end of the night? <laughs> yeah. I'm not fluent in fucking sign language. Yeah. Same. What? But, uh, dude, it was it was bad. Yeah. And so we're going through the rider and we're looking at it. And I'm 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 getting mad. <laughs> I mean Shipman's like, it's be alright, it'll be alright. We got this. You know, don't worry. We, 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 you know, I was like, I know we need them, but what about you? <laughs> I'm about to give you two grand in liquor. And fuck, I gotta pay your ass still. And I can't talk to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. No, it was it uh, the Ramon? I stayed in there. It wasn't the Ramon, but maybe Joe Ramon or somebody uh, played at the old soap kitchen up the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, they literally had to leave him. They had to leave him in the bar, lock it, and everybody had to go eat. He wanted, He had to have an hour of uninter- uninterrupted time where the beer storage area was. That apparently he meditated. And he and he felt like wherever the beer storage was was the best. Ashley Ashley told me she because when she worked there before yeah. Grand Central, she's like, yeah, that's by far the strangest thing I've ever heard. The fool was just in there drinking. No, she said they went back. There was no. She's like, I don't know if he did. Like, there's if he, if he no telling where he put he the bottles. Off in every box that's right what, there. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he left his children. But oh yeah. no! And then I remember Chris Penton filled me in because we were, we were talking about it um, at the Bluegill, um, like some of the weird stuff you'll see in riders, like a gallon of milk and a pack of socks and stuff like that. Yeah, we had to have. For a most of them, it's because they're on tour and they just don't want to, have to stop. Yeah. So you're literally filling up the tour bus. Yeah. Okay. So like they need milk for coffee and cereal in the morning. So like, yeah, we need a gallon of milk. We I need a pack that- of socks that way they don't because they literally they would just wear clothes until they wear out and they would just throw them away. Or whatever, like it, instead of trying to find a laundromat that you can pull up to with a tour bus, yeah, like yeah, we need underwear and socks. Okay, here you go. I was cool with that. Yeah, and like it, it was. Well, we were just talking about some of the weird things you'll see. Oh yeah, no. And he's like, he's, he's like, here's why you're seeing. Something. Yeah. And so I'm sure some of the liquor stuff was. We, oh yeah, they got socks in their bar, and so and and they know. You may not give them six, but like, dude, what if we do two and two? Okay, cool. They just got two bottles of liquor for the bus. Yeah. I heard that the whole like green M&Ms thing was something that they did. It wasn't the fact that they wanted green M&Ms, but it was the first thing that they saw when they walked into the dressing room. And they knew that if they got that right, then they yeah. had everything else yeah, on the list it, right. It would, it would prove, did you read the router? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that too. And it was, I think it was about a minute. Maybe you and I were having the conversation. It might've been, but it was like, yeah, they would do something really, really weird. And it was, but it was blatantly obvious if it was done. And so then it was like, okay, they read the rider. So everything else should be good. I think it was Foo Fighters. Like actually had like, they had blueprints of like 
burgers the way they wanted them drawn, <laughs> just to like just to <laughs> add to it, like just. It was, but it was literally like we wanted built this way, but it was a blueprint drawing, <laughs> bun and lettuce, and I was like, "That's awesome!" I love that. Like if I got that one, I'd be like, "Okay." Like, I've heard some horror stories, like Reba having the Wind Creek make her whole room red and shit like that. I'm like, when the Mariah cool. Carey's was all white, like, yeah, all white. Damn. Yeah. That's insane. That I don't know the the audacity that you think you're not Elvis, bitch. I mean, until I see a group of people literally faint because he looked and threw his dick that way, you ain't got no power. Have you seen that movie? Not yet. It's pretty good. The Is kid, it? The kid looks a little it's too feminine good. for it's me. It's pretty good. To be Elvis. But I, I watched a little bit and like he's got the voice. Well, but it kinda gets into it kinda gets into some of that. Like how he how he started out like like he was he was wearing makeup because yeah. he was he was literally trying to stand out to the girls. Like they knew they they knew early on, like keep them engaged yeah. and everybody else is gonna stay because oh, everybody man. else is trying to, is there trying to mm-hmm. get with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um they it's it's I think it's and of course, you know, it's could be fictionalized, could be whatever, right? But it's 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 really good and it, it it's like wow. I mean he he knew he died at forty four. Yeah. Two years older than you and I. Yeah. It's like, and I, and I remember seeing pictures of him. And I thought he was like in his fifties or sixties. Oh yeah, I thought. I, know, was... I never did the math of you know. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, it was like I was what a kid. Did you look at it like, and because he looked horrible. Well, it was just, and they get into that too, like all the stuff they were pumping in him to keep him going. Yeah. Mm. And he and 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 I don't want to give it any way, but it's just it's. Like, well, he oh. was he was kind of like our first run with pop stardom. Yeah, you know, he's still to this day the most. He sold more. Um, he's the what biggest selling recording artist ever. Damn, to this day, and he's still selling. To this day, more than Prince, and he died in '77. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, like that's just nuts, man. When you think about it, look at the evolution of how music and crowds have gone. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones were probably the last of that, having them fucking faint and pass out for them. But you had the Monkees, the Beatles, Elvis, Rolling Stones. Who? What would be, there's four band. Well, Rick James might have had some bitches falling out for him. Well, and I wonder if some of that too is because the TV sin. wasn't nearly as big. Right. There was no internet. There was no smartphones. There was no social. Yeah, but media. we didn't have that. Yeah, but we had we had MTV. We had like so we saw it more. Versus, yeah. Otherwise, you heard them, right? And you'd see little clips, like if they were on, you know, Ed Sullivan for them, the or concert or, or was Carson the only way to really get like to it. you had to, you literally had to go somewhere to see them, and so it was like all that, and it was that coming. It's it's really them, you know. I remember like the first, okay, so the first boys. big big concert I ever yeah. went to. Um, man, I remember seeing Garth Brooks. That was one of the first. But I remember, like, the first ones that I was a huge fan of before. Mm-hmm. I went to Garth Brooks and I was friends with people that were Garth right. Brooks fans. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I knew on. who he was, but I wasn't I wasn't a country music fan at the right. time. So I was like, I hear he puts on a great it's, show. It's Garth Brooks. Um, but the first one I was really excited to see was Metallica. Um, and I remember, like, I was like, man, they're going to play a bunch of the new stuff. But I really like the old stuff. And they went into one of them and I was like, this is the one song I wanted to hear. And then all of a sudden I was like 12 years old. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, ah, yeah. this is the one song I wanted to hear. 
You know, and it wasn't like nearly passing out, but it was a rush of excitement for sure. So that's got to be some of it is like they just weren't, they didn't have that whenever you want exposure. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, that, that I, we I grew up with, with, with radio and MTV and tapes and, you know, they didn't even have a way to record it. They it's so easily that. obtainable now. Oh, I mean, God. everybody has it on their phone. Yeah. You know, I mean, Nicole said the other day, she was like, I think I want another rancid shirt. And I was like, used to be you had to go to the fucking show. <laughs> but, but now you yeah. just bought it now with one click. Yeah, well, and not to mention, man, I saw a post on this this week and it really bothered me. But like it was, it was somebody, somebody, t- you know, talking, hating on toxic masculinity, where it could be, you know, you talk to the to the wrong person. Everything the three of us do is toxic masculinity. But it was like, you know, when you see somebody, when you see somebody that clearly is not a fan, was never a fan of Rancid or Guns oh, right. N' Roses or Metallica, right. or, and I'm by no means picking on your wife. No, she is. She's but a fucking she's, rabid. Fan. No, no, no. But I'm, but I'm saying, you see somebody. She's rabid. You see somebody that that you're like, you've never seen that movie, or you you don't know who that band is. Like, yeah. Name three songs they play. Oh, name yeah. one line from that movie. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, I, I see a lot of. I could be a fan. I'm like, you're not a fan. I see a lot of Nirvana shirts these days. How the fuck did they get popular? Again. Uh, maybe it was the maybe it was the movement. I, I think I think they were. Just, well, a lot of that. I, I think a they, lot of that always, retro brand stuff is coming back. Uh, well, I, I they, think Nirvana they, always got, is always going to damn smiley face. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's always going to click with like teenage angst. Oh yeah, I don't think like, half of them are listening to it. I think they're just at Target and the yeah. shirts there, and it's got a fucking smiling face on. I think I think he's got a point for sure. I think I did, some I did, of it is your right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean for sure the teenage angst because I mean that's exactly what Kurt was writing again. about. Yeah, um, but I mean I see a ton of Guns and Roses shirts, and I'm like, yeah, y'all don't know who Guns and Roses. Are. I'm so pissed that I I don't have that shirt. Seeing like, one song, one seeing seeing one part of one song, yeah. I bet you can't. <laughs> Tell me the name of the album we waited forty years for. What? And it sucked. Chinese Democracy. <laughs> <laughs> he was so far. <laughs> forty years. That's so what it felt like. It was twenty. It was a while. Ninety-eight to two thousand. God, man, did I love that band? That was the that was that was the first tape I ever bought with my own money. Metallica Appetite for Destruction Intercept Man That uh, black album With a fucking snake on it uh, uh, Yeah the first uh, The first tape I bought with my own money I think the first tape I bought with my own money Was No FX Heavy Petting Zoo Oh wow I remember that Mine was uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg's No Diggity Or It had the the cartoon dog park uh, on the front of it. Um, First CD I ever bought was Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pills. Yeah, there you go, baby. Um, Taylor Hawkins, again. Snoop. Oh, God, what was that album? I cannot think of the name. I of can it. see it too because it, like, it was like there was like a bunch of brick. Yeah, red and yellow. Mm-hmm. And somebody, somebody that's listening to this is screaming the name of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone. The we'll see the first CD Nicole. I bought. The first CD I bought with a lot of money was um, Chronic. Two thousand one, a chronic. No, yeah. the original chronic, like ninety three, ninety four. Oh, the original chronic, like the one that launched Snoop Dogg. Okay. Um, I think my first CD was Magnolia Shorty. <laughs> yeah, it's... I didn't. I never got into rap. 
<laughs> Big shocker there. Really? The way I said it. I never got I into never rap. Into, what is this it's rap music <laughs> repertoire you speak of? Um, I just, I did. Although talking about that real quick, um, listen to Rob Lowe's podcast today, and his most recent guest is Ice T. And Ice T gives him this breakdown of like hip hop through the years and like you know I mean it kind of kind of started with Sugar Hill Gang as far as like nationally recorded but like other guys were doing and Rob asked me why do they call it hip hop and he's like it's it was kind of that because the original draw was always the DJ the DJ was doing stuff and then the MC um, was you know would eventually start rhyming over the top of what the DJ was doing to try and keep the crowd going and the the little nonsensical stuff you know the hip the hop the hippie do the hop that's kind of where it, that's where the genre came from. Oh, nice. God, his name was hip, you know, from that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, it, it's a phenomenal listen. Like, Ice T's a great guest. Uh, it's a smart dude. Yeah, been in that industry for a very long time. You know, you know, he's been on Criminal or not Criminal SVU for twenty three years. It's the longest running um, drama show ever. Yeah, Mariska Hardigan is the. Hold it, like is the, the longest, the longest recurring character ever. Ever, damn, ever. Yeah, and he's like, he goes, and I always wonder he who goes, watches. We'll, this. we'll keep doing that show as long as she wants to. Yeah, like, that's like her thing. Like, like she is, she is the star. He's and he goes, he goes. I'm a. He goes. That show is all about empowering women. And he goes, I'm a background character, but I love what I do. And it's the greatest job ever, and I will do it as long as they'll let me. Yeah, as long as she wants to keep doing it. It's. A, I highly recommend listening to it. Yeah, Rob. Rob's a good interviewer. He really yeah. is. Well, coming from that whole world, being a child star, and then you know dealing with everything, you know, and yeah. like Downey Jr. would be a great fucking. I bet he could get some shit out of people. I bet my favorite episode, other than this Ice T one, um, it's one of the early ones. John Lovitz, because mm. he's so weird. That dude is so weird. But oh my god, figuring this out. Yeah, but he's so. But he he kind of goes through like. He gets him to talk about some of the characters he created, like the Tommy Flanagan, the pathological oh, liar. Yeah. Yes, I remember. I'm actually the president of that organization. <laughs> and like he made it up. He was a he was part of the Groundlings. Yeah. And he made that character up there. And after the show, like one of the stars of the Groundlings was like, You just created the perfect character. And he's like, What do you mean? He goes, You can do anything with that. Because he you can put him on anything. And all of a sudden he just can lie his way into it. And yeah. then lie his way right back out of it. Yeah. Like that is the most it's genius a, it's character. Open ended thing. You yeah. you've got an endless loop yeah. here. It's the whole motto is yes and mm-hmm. for improv. And the moment you offer up a dead end, mm-hmm. we were trained to take it. Yeah. Like I, my my goal is to end you, basically. Well, at least where we were from. So like if I could get them to the break, because if they would lead me into it, mm-hmm. like then you you're not getting the point of this exercise. Yeah. It is to continue this thing on as long as we possibly can. So it's yes and, yes and, yes and. Mm-hmm. It's not literally saying yes and, but it yeah. was a way to any acronym of that to make this continue. Right. So you never broke that character. And so that character literally, mm-hmm. it didn't. It, he could just. You didn't matter what you said. He could do whatever he wanted with him. It's fucking brilliant. And he talks about he talks about some time with Chris Farley, and he's like, you know, gets into the drug addiction part, and he's like. Don't you people know you shouldn't do this stuff? It will literally kill you. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about taking our people taking their lives, and you know, everybody had talked to Seth at some point, never really heard that. 
Think about Robin Williams. We've only seen this guy as he's like the original Instagram. Like yeah. he just looked like that was one percent of life. Was always he was in that. He's the happiest motherfucker, brilliant. Just oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and he was always on. Man, always, always on. Have always you, on. Have you seen that documentary on him? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the documentary on him, but Powerful. I did just recently watch the inaugural hall. Was have you have one? you seen this? No. It's, They've they've started a Hall of Fame for comedians. Oh, nice! Uh, it was on Netflix. Uh, John Mulaney, yeah, uh, hosted some of it. I think they also had uh, Chelsea Handler. Um, who else was? Th- these were ho- these were hosts. Um, but they inducted uh, George Carlin, yep. Richard Pryor, yep. uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, they they're no, just doing dead people now. I, th- I think they're just doing dead people. Uh, Joan Rivers nice. and Robin yeah. Williams. Yeah. They inducted those four. Yeah. So it's it's a good it's a good watch. It's, it's I think it was on HBO if you can find the the Robin Williams one. Because it, it delves into how on he was. But then like and there's even I mean not not film not film footage backstage, but camera like still still camera footage of him backstage and just how wiped out he was and then like that down because you know i mean he he dealt with addiction problems his whole life um and but that stage became that source for that for what he needed Mm -hmm. and then when it was over just like okay it's done yeah now now who am i because i'm not that guy right now Mm -hmm. you know and and just how much it took out of him to be Robin robin williams yeah, it takes a lot out of you to be an entertainer, period. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you work so hard to entertain everyone else or to make everyone else happy, but you could be... I remember somebody came up to me and they're like, how come you always smile and you're just always so happy? And I was like, I go home and I cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's something to that, man. Yeah. Like, people that know pain and feel pain ideally don't want the people around them to know pain and feel pain. Well, so it's they, easier for us. So they try to, they yeah, try to make sure nobody with else. Humor. Yeah. Yep. And that's, so it's, that's one of those things where that's that hindsight shit that gets you because, you know, you're like, oh, he masks his insecurities with humor. Mm-hmm. You know what? Oh, shit. I do that. <laughs> okay. Fuck. That's, that's just, that gets yeah. home. All right. So, yeah. Well, fuck it. I want to be funny. Well, then I'm, I remember in the restaurants too. Like when I was, there were times you just you were having a bad day when when Les's dad passed away. Mm-hmm. I remember that one hit hard, and it was just like I was kind of walking around the fish camp, just in a dull mood. Like, oh yeah, fucking gloom, man. Just and people were like, what's wrong with you? I'm like my friend's dad passed away. Like it's just, you know, I'm probably not going to be that happy. Go like, well, I mean. You're normally so upbeat, and it just kind of, kind of bums me out. I'm sorry that I'm I'm having a bad day today. Like right. my friend's dad died out of the blue. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm sorry I can't be on for you to feed off of. Well, see, and that that's an yeah. awful lot of pressure. Because you can eat other it. people's. Other people can eat your energy. Yeah. They can Fucking suck it up. right out of you. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm guilty of eating other people's energy. Well, I'm guilty of just giving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a whore for attention. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll do both. I will definitely feed off of energy and mm-hmm. and try to give it because I'm, I'm one. I want the people around me to be having a good time. Yeah, definitely. You know? 
Uh, vanity is very I don't think I'm necessarily a people pleaser, but I mean, there's some, but not a ton, but it's, it's a genuine people pleaser. It's not, you're not doing it to be a people person. You're just a genuinely good person. So it just fucking coincides that these are the word, the words that fucking fit that narrative. Yeah. But it's not by any means of a stretch, a negative thing. You are just a good human. Well, thank you. I don't know, man. You are good human. You are too. And you do it for you the right too. reasons. You don't do it because you're afraid you're going to go to hell or some shit like that. You do it because it's what you fucking do. You know, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. Um, I think Ricky Gervais said it, and he was asking somebody, and they're like, you know, he goes, well, aren't you afraid you're going to go to hell? He goes, what do I have to fear? He goes, the only reason you're good is because you're afraid you're going to hell? He goes, then your good's no good. It's yeah, it's the wrong reason to try and do the right thing. I'm being good, and I have no fear yeah. of going anywhere. Like, fuck it, I don't believe in that shit. And I'm a good person. You're only being good because of the consequences? Yeah. Fuck that's not being good. Nah. That's just not getting caught and being bad. Yeah, and it's... it's. I, I cleaned my room, so can I, have, can I have an extra snack? Yeah. So did you clean your room because you should have? Or I asked you to? You know, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah, you fuck know, that. No. I'll take the you clean your room. I don't give a shit what you want. <laughs> I better be getting my extra snack if you I clean my shit. room. Have you seen her room? <laughs> I better be getting that extra yeah, snack. I better be getting a snack if she cleaned her room. Yeah, I did something right. No, but I mean, just like that's no, the thing is, is that was one of the reasons I wanted to get out of bartending is people, people expected. They expected to make a ton of money just because they showed up. And I'm like, no, that is not how it works. Like, you're not guaranteed four or five hundred bucks just because you showed up for work today. Like, you have to, you're showing up with a blank slate today. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter, you know, how hard you worked two weeks ago. Like, this is today. What are you doing today to earn this job? Where are you at, motherfucker, when we're only making $90 a night? Yeah. Fuck y'all. You know, it's like yeah. bullshit, dude. And we spent two years building this thing and then these kids come in at the end of it and are getting all pissy because hey, they're not making what we made. Um, we're no longer in it. So you go watch them and their crowds dwindled now. And not because it wasn't us, it's because the quality of a bartender has gone down drastically. Yeah. You know, it wasn't not that I'm not shaming a bartender or trying to like, Hey kids, go be a fucking bartender. But the era of our bartending was completely different than it is today. Now it's all these fancy shit and cocktails. And let me, you know, take 20 minutes to make you this drink. that's going to leak smoke and do a backflip for you. Like, Oh, it's awesome. That's cool. I love the craftsmanship and that stuff. There's an art to that, but there was an art to what we did. Yeah. There's a, you're also like every, <laughs> you're also, like personal psychiatrists. Well, yeah, that to, was when it was to, slow to every person at the bar. But yeah. there's yeah, there's an art to get to to seeing when somebody has a quarter of a beer left right. without or them having to come up and say, "I need, I need six hundred pj." So when when I see a good bartender, it's anybody can follow a recipe yeah. and make a pretty good drink. It may not be a great drink, but it's a pretty good drink. Right. Just like if you if you can read a cookbook, you should be able to make. <clears throat> A good dinner. Yeah. It may not be great. It may not be phenomenal, but it should be good. It's good. It's edible. Nobody's going to be pushing it away, right? right? A great bartender, in my opinion, is not somebody that comes up with a super fancy drink. 
it's somebody that when they when you walk in the door, they go, John Jameson, Coors Light. And then when you get one, when they're ready for when you're ready for that next one, they've already got it in their hands looking at you. Yeah. He's like, you ready? They're aware. You want one more? Yeah. You know what I mean? And Cheers. It's a good a good server. You don't have to ask them for things. Don't ask me if I want to if I want my water refilled. Am I still eating? Am I talking to my friends? Don't matter. I'm still then here. just fill up the water. It's not going to cost you anything. Yeah. Fill it up. Yeah. You know, sweet tea. You have thirty seven cents in that whole three gallon tub of sweet tea you. that you make up at a time. And you're going to charge me a buck fifty for it. Most places are two fifty or more. <laughs> Buddy, we just got fill it up. Don't ask. Just fill it up. I'll tell you no. Yeah, yeah. I would much of the I will no. literally I will literally put my hand over the top of it while I'm talking and not break my concentration with you to yeah. let them know no I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like don't don't ask. It's you better know, to ask if for you don't see a fork on the table, don't ask me if I want a fork. If you just put dinner down, bring me a fork. Yeah. You know I'm gonna need one. Like you should be Please for the love of God, get that fucking plate off my table. I've already pre busted. Like I'm right. I'm really good at pre busting. Well, no, okay. so and, and, so, and I've even taught Nicole. So like, there's two I, there's two different thoughts to that one. So go ahead. No, no, you, well you if, I, if I've got like say we've had our appetizer and you know, we've taken our plates and we've stacked them. And, right. You know, I, soup bowls mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then the, the plates. Over here. I've got a little pyramid over here on the side of the table. And we're just having our talk. Please. Yeah, get that shit. If you have moved it away from yourself, <clears throat> in front of yourself, absolutely it should be taken away. But most of the time, <clears throat> if I'm at a table with a lady, mm-hmm. I'm going to finish eating before her. Yeah. It's just the way I eat. I'm probably going to eat Ooh. faster than her. I understand that. I right? understand what you're saying. But... This, if I if that plate is still sitting directly in front of me, just because I'm done, don't take it. Yeah, because the the, the immediate reaction of her, I'm taking too long. I'm slowing him down. Oh my gosh, she's gonna stop eating. Mm. Whether she's hungry still or not, ninety nine percent of females are gonna go. Nope, I'm taking too long. They're gonna stop eating. Yep, go ahead and take mine too. That makes sense. So if I haven't moved it. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, once I shove it out of the side or if we pre-bust it or something, yes, that's flagging you. You should take it. But again, if you just pay a little bit of attention. Learning to read the cues. If you just pay a little bit of attention, you don't have to yeah. ask questions and stop. You know, what if you're in a very serious conversation? Yeah. And then I think they've you. always asked me. you want me, me to take that plate? I think they've all, I've always been asked, would you like more water? I'm like, yes. Yes, yes, it's it's empty for a reason because I'm drinking. And the littlest, the littlest one that drives me nuts more than anything is when they put my drinks down and they just drop straws on the table. Oh, I'm gonna punch a motherfucker! It drives me up the wall because unless I'm at like a fast food place or the movies and it's a cup with a top on it where mm-hmm. I have to have a straw, I don't want the straw in there. Yeah, even if I'm out having a cocktail. I'm going to stir it a couple times, and then I'm probably going to bend it over with my finger to drink it and yeah. leave it like that the whole time. I'm not going to drink it through the straw. And as a former manager, I see those straws sitting on the table. Those five or six or sometimes like a dozen straws yeah. for three people are now wasted. Yeah, they're going to get because wet. Because they're going to sit on the table. Those little water rings are going to get them soaking wet. That server's not going to pick them back up and put them in their apron because, A, that's kind of gross. Yeah. But B, they're also going to be lazy, and when they pre-buzz the table, they're just going to pull everything that's trash, boom, off, 
It's going in the it's going in the garbage can somewhere. And now twelve single use plastics are in the ocean for no there you reason. Go. Yeah, we're we're worried about the turtles in this scenario, not our bonus at the end of the year. Not game. even going there. <laughs> but when you think about it, you know, a dozen straws. Ooh, it costs two, two cents. Two cents for the whole dozen. But if you do that for every table across a whole shift, that ends up being hundred or so straws over mm-hmm. a week. That's a box or two of straws. That's got some costs related to it. Yeah. That you're throwing away every time. If and again, if you just ask, the, those are times you should ask a question. Yeah, would you like a straw? Would you like a straw? And then that's a little that's that we're oh, yeah, actually I would. Actually, I do like drinking through a straw. Yeah. But it, I like drinking iced coffee through a straw and that's it. But it's it's just little bitty things. And a milkshake. You know, of and, and bartenders oh, going back to bartenders when they're when their bar is kind of busy so they get busy for a second but then they have time to kind of talk with each other or talk to regulars or whatever and they only talk to that one regular and they oh, never yeah. look up and look around to see does anybody else at the bar need a drink yeah and sometimes like you push your your glass to the edge of the bar like i'll just kind of show them because i loathe having my name yelled at me behind the bar so oh, i'm not God. gonna do it to anybody else dude grand central Grand Central, Grand Central, Central. and I mean, I would would snap at people for yelling my like, even as friends, like just saying hello, like don't do that. What's up? Now they all know my name. (laughs) (laughs) They all knew your name before, Megan. Yeah, like during Marty Gras, they like his name's Marty. (laughs) I would snap. In charge. Fuck. I would snap sometimes and like announce to the bar. My name is no longer Bacon. I just never answered. And I would stop responding to the name Bacon. (laughs) I promise you. Oh, no. And the really good regulars would know at that point to to refer to me as El Conquistador. (laughs) And if you were really good, you would use it at the beginning and the end. El Conquistador. May I have a Miller Lite, El Conquistador? (laughs) Yes, you may. Because just like you're doing right now, and even his salty behind is doing, you can't help but giggle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So when you're at that point where you're like, I really want to punch every single one of y'all in the throat because you it's won't the shut same up. Brace. It's like that's not my name anymore. And then it would just it just enough of that edge off. Like I can get through the night. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would. I'm not, not praying answer. death upon you people anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I would not answer until they changed it because like. After about the fifth one, like, is this name Derek? Like, Carl. No, I didn't like that one. <laughs> Alex. No, I didn't like that one. Toby. Yes. Yeah. So now I get Toby's for the next 20 minutes, and I don't answer to that one. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I mean, by the end of the night, I'd have seven people calling me different names. Like, I thought it was Toby. Mm. No, what? <laughs> Tiffany, when she worked there with us, she would come in every night and draw a little, um, Smiling face on my elbow. Mm-hmm. It was another little thing. Like if I started getting irritated with people, I would just think about like elbowing them with a smiley face, <laughs> and that would make me laugh. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'm good. Oh man, she was so sweet. I loved her. She, she was, was amazing. Yeah, she was great. She was good. Yeah. What else? What other good bartender things can we can we trash on? Just efficiency, man. I, I always interview on a bartender. They're like. I can handle crowds. Like, okay. Can you? Can you handle a crowd? New York was the best, man. The owners of the bar, I, I had to have women. Nothing against women. I had to have them behind the bar. And uh, I was like, I, 
I'd rather run three bartenders, two dudes and a woman, than two girls by themselves. And they're like, no, no, you know what I'm saying? I said, no. I get what you're trying to do. You're thinking that just having some beautiful woman behind the bar is going to make you money. It's not. It's going to get you a bar full of fucking people. In some very lucky situations, it will, but most of the time. The right bar. Yeah. And that no, the right bartenders. Right. Because some of them can, I mean, some of the best ones if I've ever seen. they can sling drinks. Can, can sling drinks with anybody, right. but. But that's not what they were going after. They just, just like, wanted. There's, a, there's just as many guys that can't bartend with oh the crap. Oh, my God. There's, there's well, just as many girls that can't bartend with the crap. But uh, their goal was just to have, like, half of them didn't know how to bartend. They just wanted a hot body behind the bar. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up. Which definitely a, helps. It, it gets people there. Yeah. But that was my argument. Give me one and let me surround that with two. It, it could be another girl. There was an, uh, one of the girls that worked for me. Fucking murdered me. That girl was... Um, she had to be a fucking savant. She remembered everything. But, uh... So, I finally... I had to bet him. And I, Gabe lived in New York. And he came yeah. to work with me one night. Friday night. Busiest night we had. And it was just me and him. Doubled our sales. Yeah. And uh, our tips, and then we just brought in one yeah. uh, one lady every Friday night with us, and that bar made more money than you could check a fucking stick at. But it's setting the right people up in the right atmosphere. That's what made us so good as a staff at Grand Central is oh everybody God. can hold their own. And that was it. It wasn't about having a conversation. Everybody. I didn't need and Fridays too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those crews we worked with, man. That that crew at Fridays and the crew downtown, like God. There wasn't some it, talented, uh, talented bartenders, man. There was a chunk of downtown that if there wasn't a bartender down there. I wouldn't have been happy to invest in as a you know like yeah fuck yeah you can run my bar. They were all talented enough that they can hold their own, and I would never have to worry. Or if I was like somebody called out, I could go hey bacon is any is, are y'all slow? Can I have somebody or whatever? And I'm like yeah, I, it didn't even matter. Like just send them down. I'll, I got a shift. I need a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, I can't believe you thought of that. You were, like, you were down the street at this point. You weren't still with us at Grand. Um, but um, Amanda was running Boo Radley's. Jill was working. Jill was working up front. And uh, I think Worm was still a bar back at that point. Maybe it had been a bar. I don't remember. But... Um, she came in, Jill came in and like gave Worm a, a, a Adderall. Mm. And the was like, why are you giving him that? And she's like, just watch. And sure enough, it kicked in and like Worm was like going by and like changing out the napkins under people's drinks because they had gotten a little wet. <laughs> and so Amanda being Amanda would literally go. <laughs> and then he would come and change him out and go do something and she'd be like. <laughs> She would literally see how many times she could get him to change out random napkins. Oh, my God. She thought it was the greatest thing ever. She was like, here's her personal little lab rat. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> she had a grasp on everybody downtown. She was, if you look back, she was a puppet master around a lot of that shit that went on down there. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, we all ended up back with her. It was, it when you look back, it was there was a few key moments. Everybody always ended back up with Noel. 
Uh, we all, or, or we always ended up with either Andy or. Uh, I always had to be on guard around Amanda because, like, I would hear back in, and I knew she was airborne. Yeah. Like launching herself for a hug, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" I mean, like total trust in me that I was going to catch her. I mean, she would launch herself at me. She come off the bar. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Man. I remember there was one night we were in Boo Radley's after Granny closed. I can't remember if I was the running Grand yet or if James was still there, but. It's back when we used to all wear security shirts no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, Saturday night. It then. Um, and we were in there, and somebody was giving Andy a hard time. Mm. And uh, I just walked up to the guy, and he's like, oh, let me guess. You're the, you're the boss. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. But just do me a favor, man. Look around. You see all those shirts looking at you right now? And he's like, what? I'm like, just look around. Sure enough, there's like eight, eight of our guys in long sleeve black Grand Central shirts. And I'm like, they're all paying attention to you. <laughs> so, either chill out or we're just going to let them have fun. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. Same, same exact thing happened at Grand Central when I was running it. Was making a loop, checking on everybody. It was coming down that front staircase. And these, these guys are giving Bill a hard time mm-hmm. and trying to bow up on him. And Bill's being Bill just pumping <clears> his finger in their face. Yeah. No idea what they're talking about. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up Bill. That's my boss. He respects me. I respect him. Like, yeah. There's no way three dudes are going to do anything to him. So I'm just standing there. Bill kind of turns his head and sees me standing there. And so then he just swells up. (laughs) And those guys are like, you could just see him, you know, just throwing out affliction shirts like, Thought they were the coolest things the ever. Jeans. Well, then one by one, I start seeing red shirts because because when I took over, I, I put all the security guys in red shirts because those red shirts stood you out. You could not see us in the black shirts. Yeah, we blended in in black, but those red shirts stood out. We all stood and out. sure enough, I saw two red here. I saw one at the bottom of the stairs, plus the guy on the door. Um, um, God, what was he from Greece? Um, oh, oh, Zach. Zach. Zach was working the door and like had stopped the door and was like dead staring at me, waiting for me to react. <laughs> and and like Pinton rolls up and Isaac's I'm like, Yeah, we're good. And so then I stepped in and I was like, Hey, yeah, you guys know who y'all are talking to? Was it like we broke the stairs? No. Okay. No, no, no. Nothing ended up happening. Oh, no, no. Nothing ended up happening that night because um I was like, You guys know who who you're talking to? And Bill's like looking at me, I'm like, Scott owns this owns this place. And I was like, just Look around right now. You see all those red shirts? <laughs> Every one of them is watching me, not you. They're ma- they're waiting for me to take one step in your direction, and they're going to pounce. That's fine. So it's your call. Either you let us pounce on you because you're messing with our owner, or, and Bill goes, how about we go to the bar and I'll buy you guys a shot? Yeah. And they're like, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> and we go right by all those door guys, and they're like... And everything good? Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. It was so bad. Bill looked at me and You just saw oh, that. He, he would get so big. Up. Dude, he was hilarious. Oh, my God. It was funny. He was there the night I did break the stairs and the door. Yeah. Like, and then, and then it got broken again, like, right after we got that door fixed. Now, I broke it right after it got fixed. I remember David was so mad. But it was, it was, it him. wasn't your fault. No, no, it was him I was protecting. Yeah. We it wasn't coming. your fault. No. Motherfucker yeah. got squirrely. That sh- that night that Brandon hurt his shoulder during Bayfest, we were breaking up a fight, and uh, they one of the door guys had had one of the guys right in front of me pulling him out, 
And then the other one's being pinned. So I'm walking up because I knew the cops were right there. So I was going to tell them what had happened. And I see the guy kind of grabbing at his waist. Mm. So I'm thinking, he's yeah. got a knife or a gun. He got something. <clears throat> so I, I immediately grab a bar stool and I'm dragging it. <laughs> Get him out. He calms down and he goes his way. We send the other guy out the back door or whatever. And David asked me later, he goes, he goes, you, you had a bar stool in your hand. What was going on? Was that guy was grabbing at his hip. If he spun around at me, the second he spun, I was swinging that chair. He goes, for real? Like, my eyes were seeing he had a weapon of some kind. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting cut for you, David. I love you. I'm not getting cut for you. Fuck no. I was, he goes, would you have swung? I was like, I would have cracked that bar stool over his head. I said, I would have swung with every bit of energy I had. I'd He's taken like, a real, shot because of David's real. mouth. Mm. Only once. Yeah. Coming into Baby Grand, I wasn't even working. <laughs> Walked in. Brown was right behind me. For some reason, David was getting into shit to somebody, and that guy went to swing. About the time I come walking right by, and he caught me right in the top of the forehead. I looked at that kid. <laughs> David goes, ha ha. <laughs> Brian yoked this bitch up by his throat and threw him out the door. <laughs> Man, Brian back then, those big old banana fingers of his. That dude could choke you from a street away. He was working my door one time in Baby Grand, and something was going on on the other side. I think this was when, like, Dave Gatto still worked there. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, like, I think Dave was maybe by himself on the other side. We used to just uh, run the three of us. And uh, I was like, Brian, get over there and help him out. And so, like, everybody piled over to the glass watching, and Brian just grabbed somebody and pinned him up against the wall, and all the Baby Grand goes, ooh. (laughs) It was straight up like a high school fight. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, the good times, man. Dude, he could yoke a bitch up. Yeah. I got to go home. Yeah. Yeah, we've... Uh, it's midnight. Yeah, we've, we've we put two hours food. and eight minutes. We didn't even talk about food. So let's... So can you give me 10 minutes and we'll, we'll run through this? I'll give you 10 minutes. Get, uh, give me a glass of water. I'm stuck behind this table. Let me get you a glass of water. Thanks. Oh. Yeah, Dex, we get you some water. So, hey, hey, we did actually cook tonight. So in, in lieu of all these deep conversations we had and then this fun two-hour reminiscent, you know... Of old friends and good times, but that's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been great. It is good for the soul. But we uh, we made our version. Uh-huh. I want to do a podcast just like this too. Just we just we just did this again. Okay, I'll do it again. I'll hang out with you two anytime. Oh, um, cheers to that. Cheers, brother. Cheers, H two O, high quality. Yeah, that's not Gatorade. Uh, but no, we did make some phenomenal um, Italian beef sandwiches. Well, not a true Chicago Italian, Italian beef. beef sandwiches. Our, our version um, of an Italian beef. So kind of roast beefish, kind of debris, but with definitely an inspiration of that uh, Chicago style um, Italian beef. If you've seen that wonderful uh, FX show, The Bear. Um, that is exactly where we drew that inspiration from is their Italian beef sandwich. Do what? No. Okay, good talk. Jokes. Yeah. Um, so went to the store, bought some bottom round, um, used some oregano, some thyme, salt, pepper, garlic, some uh, red pepper seasoning, and uh, sealed that up in a bag, let it brine, basically dry brine overnight in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, chopped up some uh, onion, celery, um, carrot, onion, celery, carrot, Girl. red and um, 
red and yellow and green bell pepper. Ooh, nice. Um, and then threw all that in there with it. Um, some pepperoncini peppers. And then I so drained the juice out. So while everything was dry browning, the juice was in an ice cube tray freezing. So that then I could put everything into a bag and seal it up nice and tight to sous vide. Because liquid is not just, it's not going to seal up tight. It sucks out real quick. So if you make it into an ice cube tray and it's firm, you can then get a great seal in that bag. So then. Oh. Yeah. So then it, then I, the next day I threw it into the sous vide, uh, into the water bath. Uh, started out at 135 for a couple hours and then cranked it up to 160. Um, so it ended up cooking for about 23 hours in the sous vide. And then and then we threw it in the oven when I got here. So so total cook time about 25, 26 hours. Damn. Yeah. Um, made that delicious jus. Mm. Um, Derek made this awesome beef stock that he cooked for 48 hours, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so typical beef stock is going to have beef bones. Beef bones, um, regular miracles, carrot, celery, onion, garlic. And then I found a smoked ham hock. So I threw that in there and some pork necks. And just roasted it in the oven for about three hours and added water. And I just let it cook and let it cook. So and it'd go half did I time. hear you say that when I got here that you, know, you would let it cook down and you would add some more water and then yeah. let that cook down? So when it first started, get it to a rolling bowl. And I just got to let it hang out and simmer <clears> for a while. And then I would let it go overnight on just a small simmer. And then when I got up in the morning get ready for work, I turned it back up to a rolling bowl, let it cook down, add some more water. Before I leave for work, I turned it down to low. And then when I got home, I would kick it back up and let it just run and just get down to almost an inch of liquid and fill it back up. And I did that three more times. Wow. And then I let it cook overnight on low again. Then when I got home, I kicked it up to bring it down to the concentration we wanted. To which Pepper said, Mom and Dad left the fire on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, that was, it was so good. Well <laughs> worth it. Yeah. But whatever the gas bill is going to be, eh. Ain't no big deal. Whatever. <laughs> no, definitely know. well worth it. Yeah. The uh, what was the what was the uh, the peppers that the, we put on the Jardinia? Jardinia? Sure. Some hot ass shit. Jardinara. 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 Yeah, it's, it's Italian, eh? Very spicy. You got to say it with your hands. Yeah, jardinara. Yeah, that's some spicy shit. That was it, definitely it was, the, the Rouse's one. Does not necessarily say that is the hot and spicy version, but it is the hot and spicy version. Yeah, yeah it says real. sweet. I think it says sweet and spicy on it. Maybe Josh was the only one smart enough after we ate to read the <laughs> ingredients and see that there was a oh, habanero it's, it's in there. Habanero that's lighting us up like yeah. that because it, it was oh. like I tried a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's good. Everybody's nose is. And running. as I come back over here to sit down, I can kind of feel my my tongue starting to warm up. I'm like, oh. A little bit spicier than I thought. Yeah, that's going to hang out for a minute. <laughs> I looked over my wife had opened the sandwich and scraped all that shit off to the side, and she's just eating the meat from a distance. I was not like, going to stop. Like, it's, like, affecting, like, I was I not going to stop eating. Like, that was so good. across the table. <laughs> it was delicious. That was great. I was, I was like, I'm willing to suffer. It's too good. Oh, it was good. I'm a, I'm a fan of spice. Like, I, I am, too. Especially, I'll, I'll like, eat a, a pickly spice. I'll yeah. eat a pepper right off the plant. Yeah, that's not... I think we talked about that when we were here last time. Yeah. I thought I remember talking about that. <clears throat> that's a brutal thing. Yeah. It's not terrible. You know, like a... No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, heat like that is just... Yeah. I did that one chip challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a great video. That was a great video. 
Yeah, I still have that in my phone. That was a great video. The uh, the other guy, the commentary. Man. The other guy was better. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't so happy about that. I was not happy. You're not that. a guy that likes spice. Oh, I like spice. I don't like the hell. You know, yeah, like- that's not that that one chip challenge is not really spice. That's that's like oh, I like stupid, spice. Stupid, I don't stupid, like the hell. Stupid human party trick. Yeah, I went ass to mouth with the devil. Yeah, it was not cool. Yeah, as Andy Booker would have said when we worked to the bluegill, that's when you stop and get a, a box of fudgicles. They're not for eating. <laughs> sure I'm trying to find the spinning wheel so we can. Uh, Oh my god! Figure out what we're doing next. It's just this massive chip that's about a hundred years old and got left here by an ancient civilization. Yeah, like when you see the died. color of that thing, it's like nobody should. Eat it's that. this color yeah. with a blue tint. Nobody should eat that. Oh wow! So you take, yeah. you know, the thing is, you got to eat the whole thing at once. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Things drier than a popcorn fart. <laughs> you put it in your mouth. Boom, you have no liquid left. No whatsoever. liquid. So now you have this amazing old ass paste <laughs> from the depths of hell attached to every fucking square inch of your mouth. And either that challenge is coming back in popularity uh, or maybe people actually, because I've seen displays of that. Pa- oh, yeah. pa- Pakia, whatever, yeah. however you pronounce that brand name. I've seen those lately. And every time I see it, all I can think of is you and that guy in that, that video. Buddy. You can't you can't get it down. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that kind of spice. No. Yeah, I like spice for flavor. I do not like spice for there's, pain. It, right. There's an absence of flavor. Like that's the thing, there's no flavor. It's uh, just all hell. I don't want something to drill through my tongue. Fuck no, that. I mean, it's something you'll bite your tongue off just to try to get that motherfucker out of there. Mm. I remember I tried a uh, hot sauce da bomb. Da bomb. Dude, that da bomb. stuff is awful. It's it was so bad. If you, watch, if you watch, do, do you ever watch Hot Ones? Yeah, yeah. Every time they get to it, he's like, he goes, "It tastes horrible, but it, it's really hot." Yeah. It tastes horrible, but it's really hot. Yeah, it's fucking hot. <laughs> and like, I would much rather have something that that hey, it may be a little hot, but oh my gosh, it's so good. I would rather yeah. have that. I, I had a, I had a like a second uncle or something that would use a drop of that in gumbo, uh-huh. and it literally comes in an eyedropper yeah. Oh, yeah. bottle. Yeah, just a drop of. Chris it. Willie had some, and I remember when I lived with him, we got a. It was, remember the the for like lunch when you were a kid for school? It was like the cheese and crackers, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the the captain's wafers and the the spreadable cheese. Yeah, we had we we had one of those packets, and we made a thing. Of, each one of us got a cracker and put some cheese on it and literally a toothpick drop of it. So like less than you can get out of the dropper. I mean, probably the smallest amount you could act. And it was crazy how it just grew. The heat just yeah. spread and it was, and it, it was awful. It's not funny. No. And I was like, this is, yeah. He bought two more of those chips and had them sitting at the table the other day, and I was just like, "What you doing with this, buddy? What you, <laughs> what you doing there? What you doing there, guy? Yeah. Uh, he goes, oh, "I was gonna see if you, uh, you know, punch you in the neck. Yeah, <laughs> let's get right out there." Yeah, he was like, yeah. well, "Let's just see if we could get somebody else to do it." I said, "No, they all saw the video. <laughs> they know they heard me screaming like a <laughs> biatch." Yeah, this just doesn't sound fun, and I, I would think that it would, it could damage your palate, couldn't it? I would think. Yeah, I'm gonna blame that then, because I can't taste salt. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, it would taste salt because you got COVID. Yeah. You can't taste salt. 
Damn. He's like literally almost burned holes in his tongue because of it. Yeah. Because he's oversalted stuff. Um, yeah. I, I have to go off a of feel now. Wow. Like you can feel it drying out or whatever? I can feel the salinity. Wow. That's like crazy. it's basically how hot my tongue is. What a gets. weird cold. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm blaming the chip. Should we spin the wheel for uh, topics for next time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Spin it. $400 I'd be broke Yeah I'd still be broke uh, I kind of like this What about some short ribs Oh fuck yeah Some short ribs thinking maybe some polenta Yeah absolutely What are short ribs Their Ribs are like this big They're, they're okay. real bright yeah, they're like big, They look like just big chunks of meat it's got a, like the rib literally is about that big, mm-hmm. real, real beautifully marbled. Um, yeah. you come for that one when y'all doing it? <laughs> two weeks, probably right. two weeks. That'll be the plan. I mean, look, don't let me take the seat if y'all have another guest in mind. But well, no, we used to, but they well, one of them, one of them had a heart attack on us, so can't kill that guy again. Yeah, I think I'll keep coming till y'all hurt me. Mm. <laughs> That's the second time he's got that look tonight. <laughs> why? Why are you look aroused? <laughs> well, I mean, you said you'll keep coming to Oh yeah, so, I will. I will. So, like some kind of tomato, like tomato sauce or gravy or. Mm, what do you think? I would definitely have a tomato base, but um, basically, kind of like we did this meat. Back off on the the Italian flavors. Mm-hmm. Go. It wouldn't be bad going more Greek with that, um, yeah. or just traditional, but it's more beef stock, veggie, and then just cook it out, cook it down, and then take that out and puree everything, okay. make a sauce. Yeah. Um, but you can go tomato with it too, and be nice for the acidity. Yeah. And then some kind of some kind of really bright green vegetable on the side. Right now, let's see some. Ooh, we're getting real big into citrus soon. Um. Brussels are still in. I never mind Brussels. At all. I love Brussels. Yeah, those are great. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll come up with We can do some other things. Like a succotash or something like that. Ooh, that would be good. Let's do a succotash. That's that bright. Would, yeah. We'll do like corn, roasted red bell pepper, red pepper, jalapeno, shallot, garlic. Yeah. Shitload of butter. I could do with that. Uh-huh. Sweet. Short ribs. And suck it hard. Yeah. With some polenta. What kind of polenta you want to do? Like a smoked gouda or just a straight up polenta? Yellow corn, white corn? Yellow corn. Yellow corn, my man. I think the yellow corn would look better on the plate. It's better flavor. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. And then at some, time, at some point, we have to do that, <laughs> that uh, roasted tomato soup. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Do you have? Did you see that? Did I send you that picture? So we saw this or video. They they made a literally made tomato soup by um, like hard roasting some tomatoes in the oven, and then taking a stick blender and pureeing it into tomato soup. Damn. And I saw that. I was like, instant, just started drooling. That, that that is my comfort meal of comfort meals: yeah. tomato soup and grilled cheese. Yeah, give me a grilled cheese and I'm ready to go. And I mean, I'm 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 happy. I mean. I, I'm happy with Campbell's tomato soup. Yeah, and, me too. And like some bean bread and craft 
craft cheese. But you got to. You got to go outside and get some fresh pit bagel, basil on top of that tomato oh, yeah. soup. Oh, God, yeah. You yeah. got to have fresh pig right. basil. Yeah. And I like the cream. I like, I like if it's Cable's, making it with milk instead of water because yeah. so it's creamy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we, we, I, but I want that. I want it a little bit cooler than we've got right now. Yeah, yeah. Soup is a cool is a cool weather food for me. Yeah. Nicole starts talking about soup like right around end of August, and I'm like, don't, don't. It's still I, too it, hot. It turns Here. me off. Like I, I would love for it to be cool. Oh like, my god. Like I was talking about yeah. my niece's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Sarah. Happy birthday, Sarah. Um, Happy birthday. But um, they uh, they I was talking to them on the way over here. And it, like when I woke up this morning in Huntsville, it was 54 degrees. The high was 74. Oh my God. It was 94 today. Yeah. I saw 95 at one point. Yeah. Stupid. That's stupid. All right. So if you're going to come out next time, that means you need to know the top five topics. So let's spin for that one too. So much easier than trying to decide. We just came up with a big list and put them all on the wheel and now we spin. It's worked out lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've already done that one. Do we, are we going to do crushes again? No. no. We need to start deleting some shit. I thought it did. I thought I had it set up where we would delete. Mm. <laughs> God damn, there's always one more. Family vacations? That's gay. Okay, hang on. I guess this really takes the guesswork out of it, eh? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> we just put it on a wheel. Do what it says. Not today. No, that one. Thanks for playing. Holiday traditions. Jesus Christ! This is cities awful. you visited. Who came up with these songs? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what mood are you Childhood in? Childhood toys. Ooh, my dingling, my ding I love Chuck Berry. <laughs> <coughs> Video games. Oh, shit. That's a tough one. Old trends you wish would come back. All right. I'll take that one. Josh, what's your vote? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Old trends you wish would would you wish would come back? How about old trends we wish didn't come back? <laughs> Fucking mullets. High-waisted shorts. I know. Big I, hair. I, I'm not a big fan of the high-waisted. Did I straight up text Dell the other day? No, because there's not, there's not one girl's body type that looks good in them. I'm I'm with you on that. Nicole, Nicole, look like shit in it. Nicole gets mad at me because I'm like, babe, why, why? And then, like, you got such a cute figure. Like, why are you wearing your pants so high? Urkel. They're just not cute. They're not. She's like, oh, you want me to go back to like mud jeans and hip huggers? I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah that was sexy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Do you promise? Yeah. <laughs> Don't brand me. She's like, it's the style. Well, it's, not it's the style. You just don't know the style. It's because we all have big ass hair and hyper colored shorts. Bongo jeans. <laughs> all right. So I sent I sent a text to Dell the other day. I said, I've got the perfect hook for a fucking song. Oh, gosh. And he's like, all right, oh, well, gosh. I'll buy. So take me back to big hair and bongos. <laughs> God. <laughs> I almost spit water out. <laughs> Take me back to big hair and bongos. Okay. Okay. I mean, fuck it. All right. So we're we doing. Are we doing? Oh shit. Trends we, we want to come back or trends? Nah, we don't we'll do the trends we want to come back. Are there any trends we want to come back? Um, I can think of some. I can think of a few. Okay. <clears throat> Old shit coming back. 
He lived. I mean, we got two weeks, so. You You're just know. living in the past. Well, I'm an element. Yeah. That's what we do there. <laughs> 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 I got that. My goal of every show is to get that wheezy laugh out of him. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen with the way the conversation started tonight. I know, right? And now it did, and so I'm good. Oh, shit. I mean, he turned red. That was good. That was awesome. All right, man. My first guy rolled me out of the bus the other day. You know. Me? No. Oh. Got at work. He's an Auburn fan. And the Alabama fans are just jumping his ass. He's like, what has Michigan done? I say, boy, won the Big Ten Championship, bitch. Beat Ohio State for the first time in 107 years. Shut up. Drag me into this shit because you fucking suck. God. And I like Auburn. Brutal. All right. So I think we're good. Love you. Mean it. Love y'all. Josh, thank you so much. Man, buddy. thank you guys. I needed this, this bud. Thank this you so a good, much. This was a good this talk. Was a good night. Yeah, good man. talk. Good sesh. Good right. sesh. So until next time. Stay hungry. Live how you say it. Live how you say it. But <laughs> that was awesome. He we got a parrot. I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to have. Oh, he just pointed at me. I was like, I was supposed to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sound bite. And that's definitely the sound bite. You got to skip way down that line to get oh to it. Oh my god. Alright, y'all, we'll see y'all next time. Cheers. <laughs>